Welcome to the Winey Shuffle, the Inverness Caledonian Thistle FC fan podcast. It's the new season preview pod, the hopes and dreams pod, the pod with more fist pumping than Kirk Broadfoot v Killy, more arrogance than Danny McKay v County, and more offensive words than Terry Butcher after a loss. In this pod, we preview season 22-23, say hello to some fresh new faces, say goodbye to some haggard old ones, focus on Dundee, Queen's Park Cove and the regular bunch of championship no-hopers, speak to the gaffer and the skipper and ask if Kate Bush would really be so happy if she ran up Ord Hill. All that and 28 years worth of ICT references backed into now with a wild conjecture and mild distraction. Let us shuffle. There's it! Welcome one and all to a brand new season. I'm Andrew Moffat and joining me today for this preview is Presuming Ed. Andrew Young, hello. Hello. Pre-come, Andrew Sutherland, hello. Hello. And Proviscus Monkey, Stevie Riley, how you doing? Hello. <laughs> uh, another season, gents. Another season of gradually weirder introductions, vague cultural references, and the old dick joke. You're looking forward to it. Can't wait. Absolutely. More with Nell and I references, please. Uh, actually, no, I kind of don't want the season to start. I feel like I've not actually had long enough break from football. I still don't think I've actually gotten over that horrendous second half in the playoff game um, against St. Johnson. But maybe uh, things will all change. Um, when I get to the first game in the League Cup against Lewis, thinks I'm missing Kelly. Might all change then. We'll see. Well, that brings me on to my basically second or first question of the of the new of the new pod. What what are you looking forward to? What what are you looking forward to, sir? What what's the main thing you're looking forward to in this season as a whole? Promotion, hopefully. Um, I think we were obviously we were outclassed in the games against St Johnston overall. I think looking back at the first one, you know, we were you know completely out of that game for the first maybe half of it at least in the second half in Perth was a bit of a shambles really just didn't have enough um, I do think we're good enough to go up I do think we can at least finish second um, I think it's arguably the most open division in a long time so uh, the thing I'm looking forward to most is uh, yeah hopefully getting promoted at long last Look forward to some nice new away days as well I mean we're going to Kelty next week which um, I know it's not in our league but yeah that's a nice exciting start to the season then we'll obviously get some trips to Cove, you boys went last year, I missed it. I don't think it's the most attractive away day, but it's still a new one for me to take. So yeah, some new new grounds and it's always good because obviously you play the same teams four times a year and you get a bit, bit boring sometimes. It's sort of freshen up and uh, yeah, so I've said, I think, I, I think we'll be up there. I think we'll be in the top two. And yeah, I don't think Dundee will spend like Kamara did last season, so it'll be interesting to see where they are and uh, yeah, look forward to it. I, I, was, I had my head in the sand for about five days after the St. Johnson game. But after that, I disappeared. I'm, I'm choking to go back next week, so hurry up. Uh, mine's really specific. Uh, it's a bit like Stevie's, but um, I can give you two dates, either the 12th of November or the 18th of March. Basically, it is the first time that we get to go to the new Lesser Hamden. Um, so that depends when it's ready. I think it's the only chance I'll get to go to a new ground this season because I'm missing Kelty. Um, and it was at the match the last time we played Queen's Park away, which in the league anyway, which was uh, Ross Topley's 18th birthday. And he scored the winner that day, uh, but that was played at the at the real Hamden. Um, so I've never been to Lesser, so I'm looking forward to, to going to Lesser. Okay, cool. well we've got Billy Dodds and Sean Welsh coming up, plus uh, all the other annual Gubbins. But let's talk about the season as a whole and, and the league for a little bit before we start. Before the fixtures were announced, I looked at the league table as it is now, with everybody having played zero. I thought, yes, like you say, sir, this this is potentially winnable, but 
it's also, if we can start on a negative point, it's also probably the most uninspiring list of 10 championship teams I've seen in the six years we've been down here. Would you guys concur with that, or do you think that's a hangover from the disappointment of the St Johnston games? Because I, like quite a lot of people, was already in my head off to Tyne Castle and, um, and all the rest of the stadium stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of inclined to agree because uh, it doesn't really feel, I mean, and maybe this is why I'm not really, you know, that up for the new season starting yet. It's only a week away, but it doesn't feel like we've, well, I personally feel I had a break, as I said before, but it still feels like a lot of the teams in the championship haven't really gotten going with their signings either. Like no one's really been signing like a lot of players. It doesn't seem to be too much excitement from what I can gather amongst a lot of fans either. I mean, there's been, a, there's been maybe like three or four signings for each club and stuff, but, you know, there, there's not been maybe probably the kind of like, you know, six, maybe seven new faces you sometimes get coming in the door uh, through the summer. There's always been a lot of players moved on, but I just I don't know. I, I kind of feel like a lot of clubs are in the same boat at the minute that, you know, they've not really gotten everyone in they want to get in. And as a result, you know, maybe that's maybe kind of a knock-on effect with the fans and that maybe... You know, fans of a lot of teams are still kind of waiting to, you know, have that signing come in that goes, wow, I can't wait to get along, you know, to my team's game Saturday, three o'clock, buzzing to see, you know, whoever. Um, yeah, it just, just feels a little bit, you know, tepid at the minute, I think. Yeah, I've got a slightly different take on it. I mean, I agree with what you're saying about the teams maybe being uninspiring, but I like the fact that it looks like it's going to be a genuinely competitive league. You know, I know last season people got frustrated by the fact that it was kind of there for the taking people were saying the fact that Kilmarnock didn't sort of kick on and run away with it and if we hadn't kind of lost so many points to the bottom five teams we could well have won it but bottom line is we were competitive like all the way to the end you know we came back really strongly that was a really exciting run uh, probably the most exciting league campaign we've had since we've been down and I think next season or this coming season is going to be even closer, you know, unless Dundee absolutely piss money all over it. But I think with a new manager and the fact that they've bought literally no one yet, they're leaving it very, very late to jail. So I don't think Dundee are going to run away with that. I don't think any other team has made signings that make them look clear favourites. So I think we're going to have a, a league where basically just every team is taking points off each other. And I think that's really exciting. So I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the kind of positive side of it. And I agree with both the boys there. Like, I think I get Sol's point because I think... We fans, I mean, I don't know how the playoffs felt, but I was knackered after those playoff games in such a short space of time. So I think to get a little break from it is good. And we've only finished up the 23rd of May. So, yeah, it feels like, yeah, St. Johnson feels like a long time ago, but it doesn't, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, it might take a couple of weeks to get back in the swing of it. But, yeah, come next Saturday morning for Kelly, I'll be I'll be buzzing. So I mean, on this day last year, we signed Gardine, Walsh, Dooku and Mackay. And, you know, four signings that kind of, you know, I, I remember the kind of buzz on social media when all those four guys came in the door. Obviously, one of them turned out to be the rat bastard we all thought he, he probably was. But that's, that's no way to speak about Manny Duku. <laughs> not Manny Duku. <laughs> um, you know, and and sorry, sorry, no, no disrespect to the new guys we've got in just now, but you know, their their names are not of the same caliber as the guys we got in, you know, last year. Um, that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to be, you know worst players or anything like that but you know it's, it's it's definitely harder it's definitely a bit harder to get excited about the guys we've got in this year compared to the four guys we had in the space of one day uh, this time last year um i would just like to draw andrew sutherland's attention andrew sutherland who just said that garden was the rat bastard that we all thought he was draw your attention to something you said in the equivalent pod last season 
which was guard time will be quote a great benefit in the dressing room. <laughs> Let's go. So. Wow, that 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 that's a flaming hot take. Um, wow. Gardine also said it's all about the team; it's not about individuals. In his interview, so there you go. Okay, up next we hear from Dodsey, who has a big job to do this season, a huge job, and someone who has a slightly easier job is P and J man Andy Skinner, who was sent to Verona, Italy, to cover uh, Ross County's uh, Italian training camp. That's what your how much is a P and J is these days? One twenty. That's what your one one twenty a, a day is paying for. I wouldn't even send one of you to fucking Ardres here. You got no soul, you rubber bumpers. In the Scott Gardner's season review pod, we heard why Billy Dodds was appointed back in June 2021, and we heard that his positivity was a huge factor in that appointment. But let's hear it from the man himself. Making his shuffle debut, Riley spoke with the gaffer, Billy Dodds. Have you done any time off to switch off and doesn't uh, feel like right? it? Doesn't feel like it. It's a you call it a break, I'll call it a mini break. Um, I had a wee, I was away with the family for three days to Creef. Um, we didn't see my, my old ma because I hadn't seen her for about two months. That's what the game does to you. Went my golfing uh, holiday with Jim McIntyre for four days and then went away with my missus for a week. So, And then it was back to work. So that's the way it's been, to be honest with you. We're just, it's, uh, it's flown past too quickly. But in a way, I'm glad to be back at it as well. Uh, Jim McIntyre in at Cove as well. So uh, any secrets shared there? Um, there'll be plenty of blocks going on for corners for both sides probably so I know he does he know, knows what I do the fans and the team I've never seen this closeness for a long time and I think obviously going to win and run towards the end of the season that helps if you're losing you're not going to have that bond but how did you feed off the fans because you've mentioned it before in press conferences and with your club TV but was that a big help towards the end of the season and how do you how do you rate your own performance the whole season there's nothing better when you come out and I've, I've had it both ends where I've played for clubs where you come out and you're away fans, there's no many there, and they don't make, really make a noise, but although sometimes those was low numbers, it was bigger than what I thought it would be, but the one thing I would add, by, by the way, they never shut up for 90 minutes, and you felt, United, I mean, they're probably, what, 150 there, what a noise, and it just, other places as well, I thought, by the way, they're, they're making some noise, they just don't shut up, command that uh, away the first game. The first game doing it, come on, we beat them 1 0. The fans in that day were nothing short, incredible. So, uh, I've also had it where we played for big clubs like Rangers and, and Aberdeen, where the away fans look after themselves because you've got three, four thousand there. So, that's a that's a given. They're going to make noise. It's amazing when even there's a low number and they make the noise, but then they grew in numbers as the season went on. And that's where the bonding came because. It affected our players on the pitch. You could see them rise. You could see the shoulders going up. And getting even a growth in adversity. It was like we're digging in here. My, my son again, we had all his pals were behind the goal. There's, what was there, 650 fans down there. They just grew. They grew. They, they were a wee bit like the team where they came with, with us and they grew. Aye. And I'm telling you, as a former player, new as a manager, listening to it, you grow off it. So that's where the bond came from. It was proven what happened last year when we did give them results. The boys grew with them, they grew with us, and you saw the scenes. It was, it, it was, we can still feel my hairs anew going up in my arms where that's the way it was, especially at St. Johnson, especially at Abroath. Um, 
part it to an extent, yeah, as well. But I think their growth in St. Johnson games were nothing short of remarkable. But that only came because the two us grew together. No, I agree, and I think I think obviously the, see the players appreciate the fans it's, again. It's two way street, as you as you said. It's it's good for us watching for the stands, but. Looking at the whole season, then. I'm sorry, Stevie. Quickly, I think you've got to. I think you've got to appreciate the fans. You get boys travelling Inverness a long way away, as, as I well know, mm. and they've gone two hundred miles, maybe three hundred round trip. Right. Sometimes even touching on four. Mm-hmm. If we don't, it's human nature. Whether you're, whether you're, it's whether you're, you're, you feel as if you've let them down or no. It's nice to respect them and and say to them, "Thanks for coming." Whether you win or lose, no, it's nice. It's much easier if you win, but when you lose, it's nice to give them a clap and let them know, "No, no, we appreciate that." And that's what we did, and that'll always be the case when I'm manager. There's no chance where I'm just walking off a pitch. That's mental. The boy, what boys, boys travel and spend their wages, and we just go, "All right, thanks for coming. See you later," because we've been defeated. Win, lose, or draw, we'll be over. We'll be respecting them. Listen, if the results are no good, like I did last year, I'll take it in the chin for a, a spell. But we'll never we'll never disrespect them. We'll always be over to them. They might be giving us pelters sometimes we're on a wee bad run. I don't care because it's the right thing to do. How hard has it been, or maybe easy, to pick the boys up that are still there for last season when they've come in uh, for pre-season? Has it been a, been a challenge or a, is it... Clean slate and let's let's push forward. I, I couldn't shake it for six days. It just stuck no. me because we have to we have to be dignified and say, Well done, St. Johnson, to handle the pressure because they were in a pressure pot situation. They're 45 minutes, double cup winners for going down. I don't think St. Johnson played the best thing I can say without being disrespectful to St. Johnson was I don't think St. Johnson played well throughout the 90 minutes of the McDermott Park uh, game. And people think that crazy because they beat us 4 0. I think we can he, Helped him with the first, him the first two goals with the deflection. Nothing you can do about the deflection. I think we could have been better on the first one, right. and then we got the deflection a few minutes later, and it sunk us. But we, it's the story of season. We kept we kept chipping away, didn't we? And we nearly get one back. As I say, I don't think it was a four 0 I thought we played well for forty five. I thought we handed them it rather than them having a really graft to earn it. Hey, well, before we stop at this season, then let's a wee bit about you. Then a couple of guys asked me, asked you this about. What's your outlook as a manager? I mean, it's a vague question, so you can fill in the blanks, but I don't mean like philosophy, but in general, what's your sort of, uh, your general outlook of how you see football, how you want to manage your team, how you want to sort of progress? I think you've got to be versatile as a manager. I'm asking my players to be versatile. When you're winning, we, we had the 4-4-2, 4 out of possession last year. I think by the end, we're playing 4-3-3. We're Austin and Logan wide and Billy through the middle. I, I'm, I wouldn't say I've got a philosophy and I know you're not asking me about philosophy um, I want to handle each team as it comes if you if you don't you just think you can do your own way all the time you're not really looking at it and doing your homework I still think you've got to believe in your team so you keep the system but there's sometimes you'll have to tweak it and I think that's a big thing where I took a chance playing three five two against St Johnson it didn't work if I, I could sit you down and show you the video you could see it wasn't the shape really, because if you remember the big boy Halberg kept That's right. eight three in midfield and he kept pressing your three your three defenders. If we could have used the ball better because Halberg was coming out in midfield, and when I look back at the video, there was spare men all the time. We just hit the wrong pass and we brought pressure upon ourselves. I would love to sit you down, Steve, and show you that video because I was like, look at him there, see if he finds him. We're rounding name. And we just didn't pass the ball well. So I had to change it. 
But I think you've got to show that you're versatile when things are going wrong. You're just no stubborn and just say, I'm keeping that same shape. Aye. I think you've got to admit your your mistakes as well. And but you took on to... yourself, Billy. You took on yourself. I mean, you could, have, you could have said that to the press and went, watch this video. Here's, here's where we've done this, that and that. Just like you've explained to me there. But you said, no, I got it wrong. Hands up. And you got it right in the second half. Christ, the substitution has changed the game. But um, I again, I think it's part of management, isn't it? You've got to deflect for the players and absorb it yourself. I'm a, a, I'll always, I'll never be critical of my player. If I am, it's because there's something horrendous happened. But uh, I'm never over critical of my players. But I'm no scared to take them on either and tell them the truth. Um, and I want them to realise there'll be times when I do have a go at them, but you still don't go and throw them under the bus to the press. Now, there might be ones where, but I think if I have to do that, right, here we go. I think if I have to do that and throw them under the bus to the press, I think they'll realise about how bad they were that for me to go and do that. That's the kind of trust that I want with my right. players. Let's look at the season coming up now. So with time recording, a nice little uh, hard-fought 10-0 win last night um, against Clark. But uh, again, good run out. But what we know, we're about are we a week and a bit into pre-season, Billy. How long, how long have you been back? Yeah, exactly that. 10 days. 10 days in. Um, came back the 20th. And then, you know, that's us. Played Clark last night. And it's not really about the score line there, No, Steve. no, I'm joking. Really, I, know. I know that, I know that. I'm, I'm not having a go at you, don't worry. Um, I went to 11, Billy, but we'll take 10. Sorry. <laughs> Perfectionist, uh. um, It was more to do uh, two different teams, and I did it last year, and obviously we had a good start. So I thought, we're doing the same again, because if you go right into a hard game and you intensify it just for the conditioning and training and building the training up, you can pick up injuries. So that's a nice one where the boys worked hard, they feel a wee bit stiff this morning, we gave them an hour training session, but they're no injured, so you've got to build it up gradually. And that's all the clack game was, and then we move on to Brora Saturday. Without giving names, obviously, as you won't, but what, maybe a quantity, how many more would you ideally like in? It's probably what you want and maybe what you'll get, but how many ideally would you like and what positions do you think we still require covering? Um, definitely two. Definitely two. Is that a, a one maybe or a... Three. Maybe three. Right. Um, I would take a loan, but I like them to be permanent. You don't yeah. want too many loans. Um, mm-hmm. But you, you you don't, you know, you don't sniff it uh, a good loan as well. So um, there's a couple where it might be happening. Um, I'll definitely be looking for a target man. I've, Sometimes last season I was like, well, no, when up, no disrespect to the boys who played there, they just get big giants against them. So it's good to have a target man who, from nothing, gets up the part. And the boys held it in well last year, even though their, their, their height and physicality is not as good as some of the centre halves. So, but it's nice to just somebody who just bullies a centre half and same kind of physicality and height as them and gets a 50 50 share. It just gets your team up the part, maybe under a bit of pressure and just eases it. So definitely a target man, um, maybe another defender, but he can also play fullback, which we've done over the years with Wallace Duffy. Right centre half can play Deasy, left centre half can play left back. That's the way we've got to work. We're not going to have big numbers, so we've got to be able to play a couple of positions. I'm looking forward to Kelty away League Cup. So it's, it's not been kind to us in the last couple of years. Oh, and, here we go. Yeah, I, know, I agree with you. You've said it, and I mean. Well, well, I think we'll have we'll have two we'll have Brora on Saturday and then the winning game no games midweek do we ahead of Kelty this is two friendlies and then Kelty is that right two friendlies Kelty yeah Brora St Johnson then Kelty St Johnson is that bit is, is that being closed doors yes right right that's that okay right so three games are you are you are you okay with that I mean I, I won't be critical but I'm thinking is that maybe not enough friendlies before we get into a competitive game I know we need to use the League Cup as a 
a glorified friendly as well, though. We've had 27 days off, <laughs> right? And then we've got to train them for a wee while, which we've done for the, the 10 days before last night's game or nine days before last night's game. And then we've got um, Borora on the Saturday, and then we've got St. Johnson on the Tuesday, and then it's Kelty. There's just no room for If we take with those small numbers again, if we take an our friendly and because we're cramming them all in, Aye. then we're going to pick up injuries with that small squad. But there, there isn't genuinely anywhere in the calendar where we could have played another game. So we've got to, because it's, remember teams, I think Hamilton started back the same as us and they finished three weeks before us. They started Aye. back the 20th as well. So I would I would have probably and ideally took four or five, I've taken four or five games pre-season but this year it's only three. But I did another thing. I do is I always I've always done it wherever I've been. It's it's a gradual build. I I do a six ten minute game that it's hard on the boys. And that was the first thing we did. We did it on Tuesday before the game last night because we were only getting forty fives. So really they've had it's, it's two. It's it's a full size game, six ten minutes, big intensity. Um, so we did that on Tuesday. We did the 45 minutes each last night. Mm-hmm. Then we're doing uh, Broda Saturday, and then we're doing St. John's. So I think it's a good build up. For the time we had, it's decent. No, you're fair, actually. You think about it, I mean, yeah, you've, you've had a time off, never mind getting enough pre season games in. So, like we spoke about last year, I like Cups Norman County, I think. It frustrated you. you. Obviously, we want to take a good run at it. What do you think of the, the group then? I mean, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's a new group for me going to Kelty next week. I'm looking forward to it. But Albion Rovers, Cove Rangers, Livingston. So, Winnable games there, isn't there? There's no, no reason why we can't get out this winnable, but Winnable, but tough. Uh-huh. Uh, last, last year, the League Cup taught me, uh, uh, not taught me because I don't want to keep using that. It, it, it taught me within, it never taught me anything new as a manager. It taught me, all right, maybe my group isn't what I think I could do. And maybe having older boys and more experienced boys at times, I, I wanted a full on presser and I thought we could do it. And against Cove, they picked us off when we tried to press them. And I thought, oh, maybe, maybe we can do that as a group. So now, as I said to you, we set a set. We still press. We never sit off a game, as you know. You've seen us plenty. We'll get in people's faces. But maybe it's tough to ask certain players and a group to go and just constantly press. So can he right? Okay. And as much as it was disappointing going out, I think it led to a good start of the season. If you know what I mean. Oh, you seen you seen the difference at Tynecastle the following game after Cove. I mean. We lost one nil, but I mean the back four were, were one. They moved as one. I had, take, I had to take them. I get slaughtered a wee bit for saying about. Well, I've no had time to work with them, but you right. know, you know, fans when you get beat are going to jump on anything. But I was Aye. genuinely meaning, you know, I've no no talk to the centre halves individually. Aye. I just never worked with them as as I had a chance to work with as my four. You usually do your detail in the last week and mm-hmm. blend in. I do different things, throw-ins, and just to maybe want to play. I won't give too much away. But the detail was coming in a week later and ready for league. And I'd done a bit of work. It wasn't, oh, I've never spoken to them before, but fans, as I say, jump on it. Um, I had to go on the training ground that, that right. week, perhaps, probably a week earlier than what I thought, and really working the four and how we, we set up and went to press. There was a, a line at Hearts where we thought, right, we go now. And it worked pretty well. I thought we were unlucky to lose the game. I think chances, but we, we did well. And I think it gave us a wee bit of confidence going into our first but league game. Let's look at the Championship. It's also a, a month away for the Championship. Uh, Queen's Park at home, I think, first game. 
Um, yep. Another new team. Looking forward to the be a trip to Lesser Hamden when it comes round. But um, it's going to be tough. I think. I think. I was thinking the championship's the toughest league out of the four. It's most competitive. Um, but I'm saying we're going to be up to a challenge. I'm saying we win the league. I'm going to say that. But who do you see? Is no rivals, but every game's a rival. But who do you see? Maybe as the teams that will stand out to you, and maybe been up there challenging at the, at the end of the season. Are we going to see another Abroath team? Are we going to see Abroath again, or is it going to be the Dundee, the Race Rovers? Why not? Wraith are capable. They play nice football, although John's moved on. Um, Ian Murray's come in. Uh, I think I think Thistle have signed well and they were there last year, finished fourth. So they'll be there or thereabouts. Dundee, obviously, with their budget, it's a bit like Commander. They're going to have the biggest budget, so they've got the most pressure. Ourselves, I think we have to set the standard where at least we've got to be in the playoffs again and try to get out of this league. It's, I'm desperate. I'm, I'm, you know me as a person I'm driven I'm desperate I'll be giving it my tank again there'll be I mean the work we put in away from the, the ground last year to t- try and turn it and looked at maybe things that were going wrong um, I'll tell you the game another game that you picked things up on I spoke about that Cove game in the cup was Thistle 3-3 at home and why we won to get my fair share in midfield and I tweaked a couple of things and we Aye. started to get on a runner, huh? and it worked a treat, and I'm going to keep that going, and that's the detail I'll be talking to you. I was talking to you about. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, I, I picked up a, a lot of things in that thistle game where I was wondering they're getting plenty of the ball, they're causing us problems, and I, and I was, I want, I figured out why, mm-hmm. and still not going to get it all your own way, but we started getting our percentages right. Aye. Um, so there was a lot of hard work done, and my staff really mucked in, and we we did a lot of hours, but we got the rewards. Um, so it's Dundee, your thistles. Listen, look at us last year. We never made the playoffs. Somebody getting off to a good start can propel the confidence. And anybody in this division is capable. Anybody, if you go off to a good start and you think, well, look at Abroath last year. Did you think they'd been the playoffs? No, you, th- you, th- you think we'd fall away at one point, but they kept going, didn't they? So, yeah, and, and it, that was because of that good start. And we beat them in the first game. I'm glad we're playing them in the second game because, right. again, it's probably going to, when the weather's decent, and get that away trip out the road. So, um, delighted with that. But there'll be the usual suspects, but you might get one or two coming where they get a good start that just propels their confidence and they go in and have a decent season. So, we've got to start well. Let's um, leave it in a good word. So, a lot of fans be listening, be glad to hear from you. but why should they get down to the stadium every week and then when they can, jump in a, a train, bus, a car down the road to watch us play away? I think last season showed us as well as a team and as a staff and the fans what can be achieved if there's a togetherness. It's as simple as that. There's no, I'm not going to give it all the, the bullshit and uh, I'm going to say it realistically, as I said to you, it grew last year. The numbers grew. Section 94 grew. Um the fans really bought into it. We've got to do our bit for them. They've got to do our bit for us. But you can see there's something there already happened. And uh, I think they see it helped us and we achieved, probably overachieved when it came to getting through a broth and what can be done if the fans and the, and the players are in it together. So that's what I would say to the fans. And that's that's the only way it can be in football. So we're expecting and we're hoping for the same this season again and we're hoping to give them some success. Okay, if that doesn't get you excited for the season, nothing will. I've heard Dodgy on the radio for years. I've watched him on the telly, post-match interviews for us and for other clubs, but I've never heard him speak with such unbridled enthusiasm. He could have gone on there and gone through the motions, Steve, and given you stock answers, cliches, but he, he genuinely sounded like he was speaking from the heart, and I, I frankly loved it. Did you enjoy the interview, first and foremost? 
No, I did. I think it's one of the one of one of, one of my favourites that I've done since we started the pod. I think we could have done it for a couple of hours, and uh, yeah, we might see a longer version of it sometime. But yeah, it's just a footballing guy. I mean, he's 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 obviously been in the media, I know, so to speak. But I think he spoke from the heart. That as you said, there was no no template answers, no no cliches, and uh, yeah, he generally loves the job. He loves he loves where he's at. He loves the people he works with, and uh, you, you see it. You know, I mean, he talked about the players and how he's obviously how he how he does his homework and stuff. I think he generally loves his job. I mean, for some people looking outside, this could have been the easy appointment for everyone else. Just take a guy that's based up there, works the BBC, comes in, goes through the motions and uh, yeah, and just fills fills in a gap. But yeah, loves it and uh, yeah, pleasure to chat to the guy. So yeah, enjoyed it. He's so but he's, he was so complimentary about the fans and given his honesty, um he's not playing lip service more. Does that resonate more anyway? Yeah, I think so. You can tell by the way he spoke about it. You see, he's not paying lip service to it. It's not, he doesn't come across as someone who is media trained. Ironically, for someone who worked for the media for so long, he comes across as really genuine. And the way that he kind of talked about how he used his own experience as a player, you know, playing for clubs like Rangers and Aberdeen, where he said the away fans take care of themselves because there's so many of them. And he's saying, well, us, the away support in particular, but the support generally throughout the season, um, the noise was always there, the support was always there. And the support players appreciated it. And then when the numbers started coming, then he said you could see the players kind of, I can't remember the phrases, but something like walking a bit taller, the shoulders going up a mm-hmm. bit. This idea that it's like a palpable sort of change in their body language and their emotions because they know that there are people there kind of behind them and urging them on. And that's a, that's a brilliant message to sound. It's, and it sounded like it came from the heart. It didn't sound like just some sort of a cliche to kind of throw our way. It sounded like he really appreciated it. The players really appreciated it. And hope kind of people listen to that and, and take that into next season. You know, I, I did it. I find it quite affecting really, you know. You know? I, th- I think I'll stick to beat him with and some mentioned it's his first job and it is but I brought it up in the conversation he's been coaching for 18 years you know it's not he's, he's not Richie Foran or Craig Brewster version one but I get it people when he went on that run it was like yeah rookie manager I mean the guy's been doing it for nearly 20 years and in, in and around the dressing room so yeah I think that irked him because it, it got a response when I asked him a question about yeah being classed as a, a rookie manager Okay well so you said you know he's, he's still got improvements to make as a manager where does he need to Prove on as a manager from last season, from our performances, from his decision making, from substitutions. What do you think? I mean, one one thing I will say is like some of his substitutions have been really good. I mean, um, some of them have you know, quite literally changed games, and we probably wouldn't have ended up being in the playoffs um, without them. Um, it's difficult because obviously I'm not seeing everything that he sees maybe from the players in training and stuff. So I mean, some sometimes I think maybe the player selections are a little bit odd. Um, you know, persisting with you know some players maybe you know not in their bit be- and what I think anyway is their best position. But as I say, he might see them, um, you know, more better suited to playing a, a certain role than you know just some jobber like me in the stands. Um, it's when in his interviews he he's kind of made observations about oh we should have done this or you know we shouldn't be doing that, and I just kind of wonder why have you not influenced that from the dugout basically. Um, was just a bit strange. But having said that, what I will say is obviously some of the times that. I think there was was it Partick Thistle away, one of the away games when Farrell had pretty much turned into a mud bath. And I think he made, was it like two or, or maybe even three subs at half time? And ended up coming out with some kind of, you know, up to me at the time, bizarre looking 4 3 3 formation with, was it, was it Sutherland, Hardy, and Mackay? And it actually turned out to be an absolute masterstroke from Dodds. We, we didn't end up winning it, unfortunately, but, you know, the performance was, was turned. Uh, on its head, given how poor we'd been in the first half. So, um, I mean, th- th- there's definitely signs, I think, that he's um, obviously much more switched on than he was at the start of the season. Yep. Something's um, came to me, actually, boys, and just to finish on, is, um, we mentioned in the interview, is 
if you look at the St. John's game, we were the fittest team in the park in the, in the second half. I mean, we, look, we, we didn't look like we played six games in, what, 19 days, but I think you've got to take your hats off to the boy Ross Hughes that Dozzy brought in. Stuff like GPS bands weren't at the club up until last year and stuff like that you don't really see and hear about. But yeah, I think the work that the club obviously supported them on and getting some video analysis staff in and getting Ross Hughes in has uh, helped us because we're as fit as we've ever been. And looking at some photos of Aaron Doran there night, he's, a, he's, a, he's half the man he used to be. So something's there. Uh, and will he be about two foot five then, would he? <laughs> two four. But no, uh, I, I think stuff like that doesn't get shouted about, so it's good to point out. Okay, well, that interview with um, Dodgy was actually about an hour long, um, so if we get enough listens for this pod, then we will put it out as a standalone in the week leading up to the league opener against Queen's Park. So tell your friends, the shuffle is back, and this time they've got Dodds. For McDonald, up the castle, Inverness men, Weechies, Hustle, Jenny Heavers, CCTV, BT's Pizzas, Tudis, Teddy, Parliament Park, the Library, Spectrum Centre, Molly Story, Cali Thistle, the Golden Mile, Music Centre, Matalan. Okay, signings, some are in and some are out, and some like to shake it all about, but the less said about him, the better. Uh, enough about deviance, on to players that are bound to go on to become Cali Thistle heroes. Hello. Playing homage to Paul McCartney there, who headlined Glastonbury the other week at the age of 80, still managed to look younger than David Raven when he did similar after the Scottish Cup final. Um, at time of recording, we have three new signings, but before we talk about these players that we have never seen play before, uh, let's ask a man who has some bonus words from the gaffer. We boy, the first, I read what Ricey said about him. We had him at Allah, I want to keep him. He could be anything, and, but he's, he's got to believe that he's good enough and what I've seen in training. He's sharp, he's quick, he's direct, um, he excites me, but he's going to be like any winger, be consistent. But um, I spoke to big Mo- Bob Malcolm, who had him at Alloa as well, and he was playing as a 10, Stevie, and he did well, and he got the seven goals last year. But I want him as a winger, because I know he's got it in him, and he can come into their pockets, but he can also get the pace to get, get people. Um, he's. He, I just have to... If he... I think he could go another level if he believes in himself to be a championship player and get into this first and I think he'll do really well what I've seen so far you know, the, the proof's still to be in the pudding where he's still got to go and do it but I, I love him he's, he's a wee quiet assassin boy he doesn't say much he's just goes and does his business he's got a bit about him for a winger he doesn't you know he gets fired into tackles and I'm like alright okay um, really been excited what I've seen so far and I'm delighted with the signing looking at him I've got to ask about um, Stephen actually I, I, I thought I I forget something. I thought it was a ten. Is he first out to play through the middle, or that's probably why you signed him? It gives you gives you options, doesn't it? It gives us options, but I want him as a winger first right. and foremost. Now I'm not saying that he, he won't go and play in there in certain games, but mm-hmm. that's that versatility I was talking about within the squad. But wingers in general can be inconsistent, so that's why the big boy, if he failed, he's different type. He's a big glider. I don't know if the boys told you, any of your boys told you last night. And he just beats people with floating past them. Uh, it's, well, we lost Tom. We we lost uh, Logan and we've lost Shane. So, and he is kind of Shane-ish. But right. same height and, and physique. Mm-hmm. Probably Shane's a wee bit stronger, but same height. But um, he gets at people. He's different for Shane. Shane will... will you know, he'll pass and use his intelligence. And this boy's just at them. 
and they might lose it a few times. But again, <clears throat> um, Blackpool originally went to field. I think the manager there uh, just didn't give him a chance. I don't know the background of it, but he wasn't playing. Who did I speak to? Stephen Dobby. And I asked him, and he says, oh, right, good player. And if you give him that confidence, he will go and do things. And he's got great feet. Wait to see the couple of things in training with the boys whew, in tight areas. And I'm thinking, how'd they get out of that? So he's got to produce on a pitch as well when the physicality comes, the intensity. But I've got high hopes for him as well. And he, he's he's a great boy as well. Um, and then moving on to Big Max. Big Max is... He was similar. We've got to, we've got to do it. We can't. No, you don't get your kit broadfoots every day where you go along, get a ready made. So we've got to progress and hopefully sell. And you look at the likes of Robbie D's and mm-hmm. the interest we had in him for St Johnson last year. Um, I can see Max and then the big trialist who will see what happens in the next couple of days for last night. That's the type we've got to. They're 21, 20, and we've got to progress them. But they're big lads, they're big units. They'll make mistakes, but they'll get better. So that's that's your remit now. That's what we want to do. We want to get players, make them better, and hopefully sell them. And these two fit that role with Big Max. Um, I think he's I think he's loan spell at Hungerford. The fan, Hungerford fans loved him. He's a big athlete. He's an athlete. He's a stocky boy. He looks an out and out defender. So I've got high hopes for him. Okay, let's kick off with Stephen Boyd. Um, I thought he was a striker. I've written down striker. Turns out. He's a forward, or number 10 at Dodgy, wants to turn into a winger. He's a 25-year-old, could be termed a journeyman-type player, came through Celtic's youth system, signed for Hamilton, made a few appearances before playing in the lower leagues since 2016, scored 5-15 and 15 for Albion Rovers in 16-17, 3-5 for East Fife in September 19 and January 20, and then just 2-21 and 21 for Peterhead and 7-29 and 29 for Alawa last season. And the words of Brian Rice that the gaffer was referring to are, he has, he has such a lot of ability and he's very creative. He's good at set plays and one who takes the ball in and makes things happen. At, at first look, it does seem like a strange one because, as I say, we thought he was a striker. But Billy's seen something in him. He wants to turn him into a winger. Are you excited about this, AY, or are you apprehensive? I'm not necessarily apprehensive because we do have other options in that area, obviously. I know that Walsh and Sutherland are injured, but we've still got Aaron Doran, we've got Robbie that can play there, and obviously we've got Nathan Shaw as well. So Boyd will have to kind of find his place in the team. Um, I think the fact if Brian Rice rates him highly, and if he finished strongly for Alwa last season, which apparently he did, then although I don't really rate Rice as a, as a manager, I don't think he spoke particularly well. He's, he's highly respected as a coach. He knows what he's talking about. Most Alawa supporters said that um, he was hardworking, he was definitely skillful, he was good with the ball at his feet, but he had a tendency to uh, make the wrong decisions around the box, maybe cut inside, take one touch too many and kind of lose the ball at the last minute. Um, so that's something that might need to be coached out of him. But I was also thinking that that could also be to do with the players around him. You know, it's always the player who loses the ball that gets blamed, but it might well be that he wasn't getting the options he needed. Um, another thing that was mentioned is that he's... A apparently a confidence player and Billy Dodds himself alluded to that and I actually think that Billy Dodds is probably the sort of player manager that does give players self-belief and confidence you know we saw that with the way that um, Chalmers kind of like blossomed and McAleer blossomed last season the way that Shane Sutherland had the strongest part of the season in the last few months uh, the last few weeks of the season um, all that suggests that Billy Dodds is the sort of manager that inspires confidence in players and gives them self-belief and if that's what Boyd needs then he's probably working for the right manager so I'm, I'm kind of Quietly optimistic about uh, One thing I noticed is that he has a, a from the publicity photos when he's posing in the new strip and the 
you training kit. He has a very precisely sculpted little beard. Did you notice that? Yeah, pencil on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. a bit like Craig David, I thought. Right, Nathan Shaw, a winger. Is he a winger? He's a winger. <laughs> Have I got this one right? No, he's goalkeeper. No, goalkeeper. No, he's... <laughs> from uh, AFC Fylde. Uh, this is a 21-year-old winger. Comes from the sixth-tier National League North. Played 32 games at that level. He scored three goals, and he came through the ranks at Blackpool. I like him already because he looks like a he looks like a kids' TV presenter. He's got a very happy face, you know. A little glove puppet, do you think? A what? A little glove puppet. <laughs> you want to call him that? You call him that? <laughs> no, I said we have one. Oh, he's, quite, he's quite. He's quite tall, I think. So um, we don't know a lot about him. What do, what do we need from him? Dodgy says he he glides past players, and I've seen that one video that was oh, yeah. that people have seen online. And uh, do you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking this is a young Daisy Ross. I think it's. I mean, he's about a unit by all accounts, but I think this is. This is a, not a replacement. This is a, an option, uh, a Shane Sutherland type option. I think Shane, when we moved him to right last season, I see, I can see him there long term. I thought he was brilliant. Obviously, he got his injury. But I think Dodge is looking for a sort of bigger, imposing, uh, right-sided uh, player with a good left foot. So it's, he's got all the sort of attributes that Shane had in terms of size and can hold the ball up well. Um, again, I've hardly seen the guy, but it's, it's a David Carson route of recruiting, isn't it? It's someone that, in the low reach English football that's probably comes from the same scout that we got Carson from and he done okay for us, hasn't he? So um yeah, give the boy a chance. But he's the right age to to learn and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Bill McMillan the other night said against Clark that he was putting in some really good crosses. You know, so that's that's good to know if he's someone that's actually gonna, you know, hit people in the box, especially if we're looking for the target man. Right, Max Ram. I'm going straight to Wikipedia for this one, uh, because although he sounds like the greatest number of megabytes, there, there's not a lot about him. Um, he began his career with Leicester and Nottingham Forest, played non-league with Stratford Town after being released, signed a one-year contract with Wickham, uh, didn't play any games, joined National League Southside Hungerford Town, and ended up playing 19 games for him last season at a stadium with a capacity of 3,000 that has 500 seats. So wait till he gets to the San Siro Longman. Where is this guy going to play? Is he a backup for the other three centre-halves? He thinks so, actually. I mean, assuming D stays, which I hope, but is it is Divine and D's at the back? I don't see... Well, you never know. He could play D's at left-back again. I hope he doesn't. But, yeah, I think I think he's cover. Obviously, with Broadfoot going, we needed one more defender. Still need some full-backs. But, yeah, I think it's a young guy who... Although he's played at a lower level in England... By all accounts, that league's physical, and he needs to be physical up here in the championship. So that low reaches of English football might hold him in good stead going forward. And uh, yeah, one for the future, maybe. Who or what else do we need? Are we looking for? Dodgy says he wants a target man. Didn't really commit to anything other than that. Stevie just said two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're going to bring in another striker, we need someone that's going to have at least as many strikes as the RMT. That is to say, one more than Manny Duku. Um, any rumours? No, I've not heard nothing. But I think, yeah, target man, as he said. But I think if he's signing wingers, I, I think he wants to he wants to get a lot more balls in the box. I don't think we got enough crosses in last season. I think it's it's I think it's a target man that's maybe not so good in the ground. I don't think you're going to get someone that can maybe hold the ball up back to goal and let Billy feed off. I think it's a big lump that we can basically use as either an option from the start or bring him on to get goals. So I've got a wee question about that. Do you think then is that suggesting? a sort of um, a broadening of or a greater variety in his tactics this season or did right. he see Dooku 
as a target man last season because he, he obviously wasn't a target man that wasn't his game at all but was I that him was that I, I, th- I think was I, maybe I might be wrong, but I think I think he signed Duku and realised pretty early on that we can't play Duku the way I want to play him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he wants a big Brian Graham type player. <laughs> I know. Yeah, sorry it's weird in the pod, but if you think at county, that's just, I think he wants a big dirty centre forward that can maybe rough a few feathers, <laughs> which um Brian Graham did and uh, yeah, he's still an arsehole, but I think that's what he's looking at. I want to see a big striker and a right back. And a, and, a, and another winger. There you go. What striker would you look for there? I mean I mean I know he, we need a Jordan White type striker. I'm not saying we're saying yeah. him, but we need someone like that because White does a great job for County. Again, doesn't score a lot of goals. And Billy McKay's best form for us was when we played off Foran, who wasn't a target man, but was great in the air. So, yeah, I just don't know who's out there that fits that mould that we can get. But we'll see. And summer's gone by. We said cheerio to a lot of legends. Not so this summer, thankfully, with Danny Devine signing a new contract, although... Was it the Daily Record or the Sun that suggested that he was signing for <laughs> Dundee? Who Daily Record, he was released. Daily yeah, record. he was going to Dundee. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Uh, and club captain Sean Welsh signing a two-year deal who we'll hear from later on. But we did lose experience of Kirk Broadfoot and the raw impact in some nine-league goals of Logan Chalmers and Reese McAleer. Big Kirk first. He's uh, talking through the games. I think Carson referenced it to me when we done him in the pod last year that uh, Kirk was a big experience and. Yeah, it takes a lot for a player to sort of go away from his family that age. And I think we showed a lot of trust in him that we could let him train himself <laughs> and, and come up road. His back was killing him. He said to us in the podcast a few months ago that he was... He, he probably, if we got promoted, he still wouldn't be with us next season. It was a one and done. I think he'll probably play at lower level near Ayrshire. But yeah, he, was, uh, he proved me wrong and I'm happy to say that because he was a, a good player for us over the season. What about Reese McAleer? Um, can you replace him? Can you replace his goals, his impact? I mean, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have played if Allardyce didn't get injured. That's a, that's a crazy thing. So on the flip side, you get Allardyce back. But yeah, if we'd have got promoted with a sign race, I think it was it was dependent on if we went up. But yeah, what a player. And yeah, he should be in, in Scotland on 21s. But I think we're probably lucky with that position that we've got potentially three other players. If you take Carson into the equation, that can fit that pitch, uh, part of the pitch. So it's a loss, but I don't. I don't see me massively. I think I think Aldice will kick on. I mean, he looked, he looked sharp when he came on in the playoff games for someone that looked like he didn't have any, any games to play in the season with his injury. So, yeah, I'm I'm not too disappointed. I wish we'd had and kept him, but I'm happy with the midfield with Welsh and Aldice, to be honest. So, so those are the ins and outs. But in other signing news, the BBC have signed the first black Doctor Who, unless you count Lionel Jebizadi, who is in another dimension every time he stepped foot on the pitch. At the door, it's, it's none other than Cali Thistle captain and adopted Invernesian Sean Welsh. Sean, how you doing? I'm all good, thanks, guys. How are how you? Do, how do you feel about committing what could be the last two years of your career to Inverness? I hope not. Don't say that. <laughs> Still too young. Still no shot there, Moff. Come on. <laughs> I know, but uh, no, I'm delighted. Obviously, to get the, the contract sorted and get signed. Um, never took long once we kind of got down to talking. Um, and obviously just looking forward to the season ahead now. First things first, did you have other offers? I did, yeah. Are you let, you're not allowed to see who it is, are you? No, nah, I won't disclose that to you, is no. Did you play with Ian Murray at Hibs? I did, yes. I know him oh, well. Oh, well, well, well. 
That doesn't mean anything. I just okay. know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Terrible for you, Bob. That's shocking. Sean, Kate Bush, I talked about Kate Bush at the start of the pod. She's been running up that hill for 30 years. Uh, but you've not been running up Ord Hill these days. Has pre-season changed since Dodgy's come in? Pre-season has changed, yes, thankfully. Um, <laughs> Robo, Robo doesn't like to hear it. We bumped into Robo in the corridor on the first day and he says, you've got your boots, what are you doing with your boots in the first week? <laughs> I says, um, you're, you're, uh, your daisies running up hills are finished, Robo. Um, no, but it's, it's, it's good that um, I think it's more... Science-based, we obviously Higgy being there, um, and I think a lot of it's running that kind of to do with football as well, um, high-intensity stuff, and obviously running with the ball and stuff as well. So, um, no, as as we we discussed earlier there, that it was a short summer, so we never we never really needed a proper intense pre-season because we never had much time off. But we done a good bit of work um, last week. We got the the hard stuff out of the way. Um, and that's us kind of back into the games and into the balls um, near enough every day now, um, just with a little bit of running in between. Sean, I was talking to the boys earlier on, and we 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 dodged this podcast. And how you've obviously been there before, Higgy was coming in. What's the difference with with Ross coming in? Because we were talking about how fit you and the boys were, even up to the St Johnson game after playing so many games in such a short period of time. Have you noticed the difference in your fitness and the boys' fitness, maybe pre Higgy, as to where you are now? Um, I wouldn't say personally, no, because that's one thing I kind of pride myself on, that I always try and make sure that I stay fit throughout a season in terms of my fitness. Um, if I don't feel fit enough, that's down to me to keep on top of it. Um, and obviously, you have different spells and seasons. If you pick up a knock and you miss a few weeks, you kind of have to try and do that a little bit extra. Um, but obviously, Higgy, Higgy coming in, he likes to get his work in um, and obviously make sure that he's got this thing on Tuesdays that you've got to hit X amount of high intensity running so it's kind of game related um, in that sense so obviously it's good that that he works towards a game um, and kind of keeps on top of it so I think we we, we, are, we were in a good state last year in terms of fitness and I think we've just done a good pre-season there everyone's looking fit again so I think we'll be strong going into this season as well How did you right. feel in the St Johnston game that we talked earlier in the pod about how we actually looked very fit against St Johnston. Did you feel like you didn't feel that they were in any sort of fitter by any margin at all? Did you? No, definitely not. Um, I think that everyone thought that we were going to kind of die away at the end, but I don't think that was what it came down to in the end. Um, the get there was nothing really in the game, and definitely not in terms of fitness. Um, I think we kind of got stronger as the playoffs went on, which which was strange. But we we had to. You seen that the Partick games were very demanding. Um, where they were, and they were actually harder games in terms of fitness and demand than than the Abruf games because they were more, weren't they pretty on the eye and more battles? Um, but we were still in good nick going into the St Johnston game, so I don't think fitness was the factor in that sense. Um, just think kind of goals change games, don't they? And the goals kind of killed us at, at the times that they came against St Johnston in the second leg and. Everyone knows what happens after that, disappointment, but unfortunately it was the goals that changed the games and nothing, nothing else. You talked, about, you talked about goals there. Are you the man to, to uh, replace Reese's goals next season? Are they going to be allowed to go further forward? Well, when start of the season, when, when Scotty was there, I was kind of getting further forward and scored four early doors. So I was thinking that I was on for a good goal return that season there. But then, obviously, I got injured down at Morton. And then, Scott, by the time I get back, Scotty's season's kind of done so um, it did take away a bit of me going forward because you know that 
obviously I had to kind of sit off a little bit and help Reese because he's more attack-minded. Um, but Scotty's probably more defensive-minded, so I know when Scotty's in there, I can kind of get forward as well and he'll be there to, to balance it out. So here's hoping, but I've never been known for massive goal <laughs> returns in my career, but it would be nice to have a season where I, I got a good return. Do, do you like getting the chance to go further forward? Okay, you might not be able to, you know, smash in a Reese McAleer Thunder Bastard or anything, but, you know, do you like, you know, having to kind of adapt your game a little bit, press further forward, help the team further up the pitch? You know, see my goal against Colmar this season, no? <laughs> <laughs> That was a toe uh, poke, wasn't it? <laughs> that was I shot and hit an overhang. Um, <laughs> now, obviously, I think fitness is probably one of the strong points in my game, so I've got the energy to kind of try and get up and down. Um, so I, I, I like getting involved and trying to get forward and support. And I think the gaffer likes high-intensity games and trying to get up against your opponent and, and, and running off the other side of them as well. So that's what that kind of try and do. Um, and as I said before, when, when Scotty's in there, you know you've got that balance that he'll, he'll set off and let you go and do that. Um, but it's, it's, it's the same for him as well. I think the gaffer encourages anyone to do it as long as you can get the balance in there that... If someone goes, someone has to sit, so you're not leaving yourself exposed. But um, I definitely think that that's something that I can I can definitely keep doing. Um, also, you've got Roddy, who's got massive energy, so yeah. that's that's part of his game. Getting in that, he, he should be looking to add a lot of goals to his game, considering his energy and arriving in the box and in time. You're looking forward to, to playing with him again next season because he's out for such a a long time, big big loss last season. Who's Scotty or Roddy? Both hey, of them. Well, right? well I suppose both of them, but it's not about Roddy, sorry, sort of in the hole, but yeah, both of them. I know. Obviously, they're two big players for the, for the team, I think. Um, Scotty was a big loss when, when we lost him uh, at that period of time and kind of went on that run and everyone's saying, well, we lost Scotty, we've lost... I think Danny Devine was a massive factor in us going on that run as well. We kind of lost two mainstays in the team at that period. Um, so, no, it'll be great to have them back in the team. I think... Scotty brings that, as I keep saying, he keep, brings that balance to the team, which is um, great. And people talk about that winless run and stuff like that. We don't talk about all the field issues in the pod, but if you get the injuries we had, I think probably there would have been some COVID stuff in there as well, I'd imagine, like every team had Sean's. And- Aye, well, that, that, that's what people don't see. They don't see the factors that are going on behind closed doors. Um, and as, as I say there, we probably lost two of the most influential players at that stage. I think Danny was having a great season up until he, he got injured and then we kind of missed him at the back um, and Big Scotty gets injured as well. He gives you that stability and that balance in the middle. So they were two massive losses um, and it definitely affected us. And I was, as you say, you always get things that you don't know. The boys had COVID behind the scenes and, right. and whatnot. So it's not easy. Um, so they definitely weren't, didn't help. Um, but also, some you, you know yourself, sometimes... There was games in that that we didn't deserve to lose, but it's when you're on the end runs, that's what happens, isn't it? All right. See, see, I suppose you don't want to dwell on the, the playoff the defeats and, and stuff like that, but have you had a chance, you and the boys up there last season, to have a chat about it, or has it come in, let's forget last season? Don't forget it, but take the good things for last season and move on, or did you have to get out of your system and have a chat with the boys when you came back in? No, I think I think we kind of, we had a wee, a wee gathering at the end of the season after the playoff, and I think we kind of put it to bed. Because you don't want to dwell on these things. You, you've got to bury it um, and kind of just use it as motivation going forward. So we, we know how that felt. We've came, we've come back, we're refreshed and ready to go again. And we don't want to have that feeling again. So we've just got to kind of 
use it as motivation now. Um, and I think we've kind of had to, that's that's we've put it to bed, and we're looking forward to the season ahead now with the motivation to go and do one one better this year. How's the new boys settling in? Three in at the moment and a trialist, but how, how's the new boys bedded in? Have you welcomed? I've settled in really well. To be fair, then um, nice lads. What's, um, uh, what's Max Ram's nickname? Oh, come on, it's got to be Shagger or something. You've got to have something for him. Big Max Ram, I he's a. Uh, he seems like he's a bit half daft, to be honest with you, but he's a nice <laughs> lad. Um, he's already he's already cost himself a few quid in fines, leaving jumpers here, there, and everywhere. Oh, it's a pillar in him, isn't it? It's a peach in him. Love it. Um, but no, the lads have settled in great. Um, they all seem like great lads, um, and obviously, I think they've they've looked they've looked um, fit and strong pre-season as well, and I think they could be assets to the team. So, here's hoping um, that they can come in and do well because said that to a few of the boys at, at the end of the season, we, we didn't need much. We have to add a few few bits of quality and if, if we can get the ones right, then we've got a great chance. Would you like to see us strengthen anywhere else, any specific positions yourself? Um, not well at the moment. We've got a, a centre-half trialist in who I think has done really well. He potentially could get signed. It's obviously that's not me that makes the same decisions, but we'll see in the coming days. Um, and I think we're, we're looking for another striker um, just to help Billy a kind of different different dimension um, and we've got Aussie as well with with the pace that can stretch games so I think the gaffer's probably looking at maybe bringing in another striker um, and obviously probably another centre-half you know what it's like uh, there's still a lot of still a lot of movement in the markets to go to be honest teams are no teams are no rushing any of this year because there's that many players out there that the players have got power at the moment, but that will soon change once um, it starts getting closer to the season and they don't have anything to start. So I think you've got to leave yourself open to the nick in a bargain as well, which a gaffer will be looking to do if that's if the right thing pops up. But I think we're, we're, we're getting there. We're looking strong as a squad. Um, everyone seems to be fit as well, which helps. Obviously, losing Shane was, was a big loss for us in Walshie as well. Walshie was, he had a stop-start season towards the end. Um, so it was a big two, losing two games a big loss um, but um, I think as I said we've, we've seemed to have recruited pretty well so hopefully the boys can come and hit the ground running for us How is Dodgy as, as a boss? We, we hear a lot about Stevie obviously talks to you a lot and, and uh, we read a lot in the press and Dodgy says he's close to the players like that Is he? Is he a good boss? Is he your mate as well as your boss? I know he's a, he's a, he's a, I would say he's a player's manager. Yeah, he gets on really well with all the lads. Um, he likes a laugh and a joke, but he also got that respect that when, when it's time for the boss to talk, people listen. Um, so I think he's got the balance pretty good uh, in terms of that because it's hard. it can be hard for managers when they want to be the player's mates and then they want to be the manager at the same time. But no, he, gets, he seems to get that balance pretty good. Um, and he's quite easy Ozzy. Um so no, he's 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 good to work for. It's it's enjoyable. Um, so I, I I think it he's got the balance good in terms of that. Well, he he talked a lot in the interview um we've had earlier in the podcast about the impact of the fans last season and the section ninety four and uh, the improved home support certainly vocally and the away support vocally. Like does does that actually come across to you guys on the pitch? And we're not just talking about games like our both, well, obviously it did in the playoffs, but in a general away game, do, are you aware of the fans at all? No, I think so. I de- def- definitely, um, especially when you go away from home, it seems to be the fans are even more vocal, um, and you can you can kind of appreciate that and take up. You can hear it. Um, 
And it does give you a boost. Um, and as we all know, the, the fans in the playoffs at the end of the season were, were magnificent. Um, great backing and great support. Um, and I think we gave as much as we could because we knew that they were there to support us. Um, so it's, it's definitely appreciated. And I think even the, the younger lads trying to get in the, the 94 um, is great. Um, creates a, create, creates an atmosphere that is enjoyable. Um, you've just got to think back to when we were playing in empty stands and at COVID. And it was like you were playing practice matches every week, which was very unenjoyable. Um, so it's not as great to have atmosphere at games. And we definitely get a boost for it and appreciate it. I'm just reminded of when we beat, I think we beat Kilmarnock at home. And uh, Broadfoot does a big knee slide up to the section right. 94. And there's a picture of you, you're talking to Kelly Clare, and then you're, lo- you're looking at Broadfoot as if to go, what the fuck's he doing? <laughs> I, remember, <laughs> I remember it well. Um, uh, the, the guy McGivin was saying to me, what the f- is he doing? And I just turned around and was like, oh my God, I started laughing. But it's, that's, that's what you want, to be honest with you. You're yeah. playing these big games, and it means a lot to us as well. You, you, you get pumped and. When you get the result, people do different things, but uh, you see that we appreciate it. Even him going to celebrate, it shows that he appreciates the support for, for them. And obviously it means a lot. It, these games mean a lot to us as much as they mean a lot to I, you. I want to ask you about the teams like we're facing next season. I mean, do you think, are Dundee the obvious favourites? Or is there any other team that you think are going to be particularly difficult opponents, you know, or, or anything? I think everyone will say Dundee are favourites just because they've came down from from the top league and they probably will have the biggest budget again. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think they've recruited anyone yet, as as I've seen. So I don't think we should fear anyone. Um, I think Partick will be there abouts again. They've recruited pretty well, um, and that they are what they are. I don't think they're going to change much either. They'll be a stuffy side. They've got good players, but. Um, as I say, I don't think I don't think there's anyone for us to fear. Um, if we can get off to a good start like we did last year and the momentum can carry us on, then we definitely have no one to fear. Um, it'll be nice to have a couple of different teams in the league this year um, in Cove and Queen's Park, but, but a different um, challenge for us, but different opposition, different grounds to go to because um, obviously... You play the teams that many times, you get a bit bored of playing the same team. So it will be nice for to have a couple of fresh teams in the league. But no, I definitely think that if we can uh, focus on ourselves and get off to a good start, we just have to kind of take care of ourselves and see where that takes us. Sean, what about the League Cup? I mean, we spoke to Dodge about it. It's we've never we've never really got a good run in the League Cup since uh, the group stages have come in, and it's obviously due to the fact that we've had to shoot it pre-season. I mean, you boys will have played what. Two more games, Brora on Saturday, St. Johnston on Tuesday, and then we've got Kelty. But it's a it's a tough group, but it's winnable, but it's it's not going to be easy, is it, against those teams? No, it's a, it is a tough group. Um, it won't be easy, but I think that it's a group where every team can kind of take points off each other. So if you can get if you can get a, a win early doors, um, you've got every chance because I don't think any team will, will, will walk the group, to be honest with you. I think that everyone will kind of take points off each other, a bit like in the league. Um, so it'd be nice to get to, to advance for the, the group because, as you say, we've we've never really done it since I've been here. Um, obviously, difficult for us this year because we've got we've not really played any games in terms of being back later than everyone. But um, at the end of the day, we've got a good squad now and everyone seems to be fit. So as much as we're going to use them as friendlies, we're going in there to win the games at the same time. So as I say, if we can get off to a good start against Kelly, it'll be a hard game. They've obviously got a good side and done well, but. Um, 
probably go down there just the favourites because we're the league above. So we've got to um, go down there and try and win that game. And if we can get off to that good start, then we've got every chance because I do believe that kind of every team in the group will be capable of taking points off each other. All right, let's let's finish off with a quick fast five. I'll ask you five questions. First thing that comes into your head, right? Hardest opponent in the league? Can't remember any players in the league. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart, ba- Stuart Bannigan. Aye, aye, good shout. Aye, he's, he's, he's nasty. Uh, worst away ground? Queen of the South, but they're out of the league now, thankfully. I had a, I had a Capolo. Capolo must have been the worst last year. No, I hate Queen of the South. Just the really? journey and the, pit, the, the Astro pitch is horrendous as well. Uh, okay, I guess you. Uh, best opposition player? Best in me here. I thought the team of the, the, team of the season was Pish, so that's really <laughs> much for that. Um, again, I really like Shoot Bannigan. Did you play with Stuart in the Thistle, yeah? I did, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, pals out there, but I, I know I no, no, no pals out He is a friend of mine, but I genuinely think he's a top player, and I think no. he's, been, he's been unlucky to have to spend his whole career at Partick because he, he, was on for, he was on for a move when I was at Partick. You'll get trying to sign him for a Vaness. Uh, it was him and um, Abdul Osman. We tried to sign him. Uh, I remember that. He was, uh, he, was away, he was away to go to Aberdeen or Barnsley in the champ. Um, and right. he done his, his cruise shit and he missed his move. It was a shame for him. Aye, uh, good player, definitely. You've obviously kept your eye on the on the summer transfer window um, of all the other clubs. Best signing of the summer so far in the championship in our league. Yeah. To be honest, I couldn't tell you who people have signed. <laughs> There's not been many though. There's not been. Many. I know. Throw a name at me, and I'll tell you just, if it's a good well, signing or not. Just, just say Max Ram. All right, just Max Ram. Max Ram. <laughs> hey, that'll do. <laughs> uh, worst trainer. The worst trainer at the club. Austin Samuels. <laughs> <laughs> That's harsh for me, but he doesn't. He doesn't cover much height. He doesn't cover much distance. Him and Billy McKay, two lazy strikers. <laughs> right, spot on, Sean. Thanks very much. Uh, what are you up to for the rest of the night? Nine o'clock. Love Island with the missus and then bed. Oh, Love Island. Yeah, well, that's nice. who's, who's, who's getting voted out, Sean? Who's getting voted out? That's a I'll lifestyle. Well, we'll let, you, we'll let you get off to Love Island. It's past nine o'clock as we record this. It's probably just starting. Uh, just before we go, what's have you got? Have you got a message for the fans listening before the season starts? No, I just we appreciate your support. Um, you were tremendous for us in the playoffs, and long may that continue. Get behind us this year, and hopefully we can repay it and go one better. Um, but thanks for your support and keep getting behind us. We'll say cheerio and uh, all the best for the season. Hopefully, we'll talk to you at some point again, mate. Thanks. Speak to you later on. Okay, club by club, your annual analysis of the championship runners and riders from the upcoming season. And for the first time in memory, a total of three new clubs from the previous season. But let's start briefly with an old one that we've talked a lot about very recently, Arbroath. Surely they won't have a season like last year again. Then you look at all the other clubs, the lack of signings, the lack of known quantities, the young talent being hoovered up by premier clubs, and you think, yeah, Arbroath will probably have a season like that again. What can we expect from our both? So, um, I mean, one one important thing is going to be how they're going to um, deal with the loss of uh, quite a few of their kind of star players from last season who were 
only there on loan. Um, obviously, you know, Newbley left halfway through the season. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's other guys that have obviously moved on. Um, Jack Hamilton, the goals that he scored for them, and also um, Chris Hamilton, one of the many Hamiltons that were are uh, both. Um, they're going to be pretty big losses uh, for them. Um, but with Dick Campbell, you know, you'd have to imagine he's going to have a plan there. You'll probably look to the low market again. Um, they've already brought in you know a backup goalkeeper in the form of Cami Gill. Uh, Keegan Jacobs from uh, Livingston, who on paper is probably a good signing. Um, and apparently they've actually brought in a guy, uh, Kieran Shanks from uh, Inverurie Locals, um, who banged in 30 goals in um, 40-odd games or so. Um, so it'll be interesting how he, he adapts. Um, obviously, it's a big jump in quality from the Highland League to the Championship, but you know we, we rated the Highland League in years gone by, so you know maybe he could do a job for them. You'd have to imagine they're probably not going to do as well as last season, but you know that's probably what we said at the start of last season when they finished. Was it like um, fifth or something the season before? Um, I think the, the, main, the main thing they apparently need, though, is a goal scorer. Um, as I say, Jack Hamilton, his goals are no longer there, uh, so they'll be hoping that uh, Shanks is the guy to fill that void. Uh, if he can't make the step up, then they, they might be struggling. Um, but they've obviously still got guys like uh, Tam O'Brien and Nicky Lowe, you know, proven quality players uh, in the championship uh, last campaign. So, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll still be a threat. I would, I would expect them to be playoffs at least. I've got a message from Nicky Lowe here. I've met him last season um, for a few pints. Um, he says that he thinks Dick signed well, but he's still going to bring in another one or two to the squad. So they're not finished. Yes, that kind of tallies with um, with with the guy I spoke to um, on uh, on Pie and Bovril. Yeah, probably Dick Campbell. If he's not got the guys that he's got in, you know, maybe by the end of this month, he'll probably look to the loan market again. And uh, our brother had a dab hand at that last season. Okay, so. uh, let's move on to air. Uh, Lee Bullen turned him around when he came in last season. Still be aiming for the playoffs this season, probably. Um, I, I do have a soft spot for air myself, um, having lived there for a short period of time, four years. Um, so every time we focus on this season, I think I'm going to read a passage from Robbie Burns' best poem, Tam O'Shanter. Y'all up for that? Go on. Yay. No. <laughs> well, that's two votes to one. When Chapman Billy's leave the street and Druthy neighbours neighbours meet and market days are wearing late and folk begin to tack the gate, we sit bowsing at the nappy and get foul uncle and uncle happy. Basic rhyming couplets, and he said he was a genius. Bollocks. Um, who can turn their sonsy face to the honest men? I'll turn my sonsy face to the honest men. So yeah, I mean, who have they signed? They've signed uh, Ben Dempsey, who's a box-to-box midfielder from Charlton permanently. He was on loan for them last year and apparently did quite well. Um, the one signing that sounds really exciting for them is a guy called Depot Akinyemi, who came from Welling. He was apparently their outstanding player last season. Uh, a guy, Finlay, who works in the, the club shop for air, says that he is the fittest guy in the squad. He's got excellent pace. He's very powerful, good ball control, powerful shot, good in the air. Um, so he sounds like he's going to be a, a really dangerous player. In fact, this Finlay guy said that he was better than um, Tommy Adeloy, who's the big loss. I think Adeloy really changed the game when he came on against us um, in that 2-1 defeat at Somerset last season. Um, uh, and the other big loss for them is Kerr McEnroy, who was on loan from Celtic. Let's move on um, to Cove. Uh, for for Cove, all I've written is a Sweeney word. I'll tell you why. Uh, Cove chairman is Mr. Keith Moorhouse. Keith is vice president of Centurion UK and Caspian region, a sixty million pound revenue oil and gas service company. And Keith's combined cash at bank value for all businesses uh, is 
equals 5 million. A combined total current assets value of 51 million, with a total current liabilities of 65 million, and total current net worth of 90 million. Cove Rangers' capacity is 2,602 with 370 seated, and they had an average attendance last season of 747. And their squad, they have Shea Logan, they have Fraser Fivey, they have Mitch Meganson, they have Rory McAllister, they have Mark Reynolds, and they have Ian Vigers. And this is a team who pay higher wages than we do. What are your thoughts on them as a club and their perceived structure based on what I've just said? Yeah, it's, it's a weird one with Cove. I mean, I think, yeah, money bags. I think we'll talk about our team in, the, in our division who have got a lot of money behind them. Um, but even you know, even more than Keith Moorhouse, the other one. Oh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, they could be Saudi for all we know. But yeah, they are minted. But yeah, I think Cove, obviously, in the championships the first time in their, their history. But a little bit of disruption. I don't think they probably forecasted Hartley leaving. I think obviously they've seen Hartley going into the championship as manager, but they've got. Jim McIntyre in, who, all right, he's experienced a bit of hands, but he's never managed at this level. So I think that could be either a pro or a con. But the, um, they'll be heavily backed, I'd imagine. I think I think if they don't have a good start, though, they could be easily just change manager. Or if they're doing okay, I'm sure McIntyre will get the funds in January to, to strengthen. But I think, as a whole, they're probably... The aim is just stay in the league quietly. But I think maybe the guys at the top at Cove will be saying, look at our growth. I think a lot of teams in our division will look at our growth last season and say, look, there's, there's probably a... A spot in the playoffs that we can go there. Their football club is a false economy, is it not? Not to go into Hartford Cove too much, but they're not throwing that much at it anymore, are they? I mean, they're, they're not going absolutely mental. They're still they're not still kind of technically part time. Hybrid, they're hybrid. They're, it's the same. It's, it's the same as a bro saying they're part time. They're not really. I mean, and they're, they're complaining about kind of uh, one of the fans certainly was complaining about competing for the same players as our broth and not and not get players in and stuff like that you know I don't think they're throwing money at it in remotely the same way that Queen's Park are you know um, and Queen's Park are on it they're on the fast track I think but, yeah, they, they but, they're, but they're, if, if they've got a plan to, if they had a plan to eventually get to the championship or higher I don't know they've obviously done it too quickly though and that's based on the wages they've been able to pay to attract better yeah. players in our teams and the thing is if they hadn't have done that and they'd grown organically like we did and like other teams have done then they, would, then they would be going into the championship with a higher average attendance than 747. Mm-hmm. You're going at the championship at 747. That's that is a, a, a small amount of the... Of the, of the, well, the, the our both get, get 2,000. There's a, there's a Gretna risk. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to do a Gretna, but Gretna, obviously, as you say, we, we grew organically. County done the same. Gretna, obviously, sped up and what happened to Gretna. They weren't obviously managed, I'm sure, the way that Cove will be. But I think... I think they'll level out in the championship. I think they won't go down, but I think League One and League Two you can get through. But I think that's a level that's maybe above them at the moment. But I think they'll stay up. I don't think they'll compete though. I think seventh, eighth, ninth will be where you'll see Cole. Let's move on to Dundee. Where do we begin with Dundee? Well, we spoke to Dundee podcaster Gary Cocker and he gave me about about two thousand words. So I'll try try and boil it down to a few bullet points. Uh, new manager Gary Bowyer, um ex Blackburn, ex Blackpool, I think. Um, he says he's not going to overhaul the squad massively and he's impressed with the youth they already have. Um, they've signed nobody, so based on that. They're looking for a creative spark in the middle to place Charlie Adam. Up front, they've still got Jakubiak, Zach Rudden and Sheridan, who Gary says are all rubbish. Uh, at the back, Fontaine and Christy Elliott have moved on, um, but he'd be surprised if their back line at the start of the season wasn't Marshall, Sweeney, Ashcroft and Kerr. Uh, in midfield, they expect to see Byrne, Max Anderson and Josh Mulligan in the middle 
with McGowan and McMullen on the wings supporting somebody up top. And Max and Josh are the two big youth hopes. And Mulligan could be the creative spark. Uh, Finlay Robertson was their sort of great young hope the last time they were a championship. He had a tough time with injury, apparently. Um, this could be his last big chance with Dundee this season. Uh, and his big thing so far, Boyer, has been fitness. Uh, and apparently it's well known with Dundee fans that the team wasn't fed before the club <laughs> last season at all, before or after matches. Um, so this season they're looking to feed their players. Uh, so well done, Dundee, on feeding your players. Uh, they've also sold 2,200 season tickets, but they usually sell 4,000 to 4,500. And he says despite that, there is a bit of optimism because, and here's the rub, they view this as a weak championship compared to previous stints and they're hoping it'll be another short visit down here. Oh, and he writes, Billy Dodds is despised at Dens, so expect to hear plenty of booing on your visits. So the reason that um, Charlie Adam was so svelte last season, just like a shadow of a man, is because he wasn't being fed before or after games. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, I I mean, Dundee, it's astonished me that they can get it so fucking consistently wrong all the time. You'd have thought, you know, given that, as he says, they're coming to a reasonably weak championship with not particularly well-resourced teams, that they would think, right, we've got money behind us, let's throw money at it. But instead, they've got this guy in who's never managed in this league before, and he's saying, it's all about fitness and the youth, which every kind of manager who's read the things that managers say, handbook can say, <laughs> they've got no one in, they're expected to kind of hit the ground running when, you know, actually teams like Partick and ourselves have got quite a lot of continuity, quite a lot of unity, and they think they're going to swan in and just piss the league. You know, if they do, it'll be a total injustice. I will absolutely love it if they go down like a fucking stone. <laughs> I, I've, I've actually come to despise Dundee as in a way, day because we're always stuck in that shitty little wooden stand, like right in the corner. Yeah. I think the, you're going to say we're, we're, always, we're always stuck in um, the troll in. Hamilton announced new manager John Rankin 134 impressions on Twitter Inverness Caledonian Thistle signed Max Ram 300 impressions on Twitter um, I, don't, I don't play the, the crowd wanking game but this is a club with little or no money coming in is that why they booted Taylor after one season I don't know the story behind that one of you boys might I like Hamilton as a way date it's not the most it's not the greatest away day and it's certainly not the most yeah, picturesque of stadiums. But, I mean, they, they try. They've got a great youth academy, but it's a team that shouldn't be in the championship. They've got no fans and I don't want to hit them with that stick, as you said. But, yeah, just it's, it's, I think it's the end of the road for Hamilton. They've pushed above the weight for too long now and, uh, yeah, League One, please. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd seen the thing about, um, you know, the uncertainty about Taylor, but I wasn't too sure what exactly was going on. So I kind of reached out to one of the uh, Hamilton fans on Pie and Ballroom, Patrick Bateman, to try and get him ideas that what the hell was going on. And, um, Patrick, Patrick yeah, Bateman? Yeah, that, that, that is not his real name, that is his alias. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he, basically, <laughs> he basically said, you know, I mean, given that like some of the, um, I mean, obviously referring back to the Scott Gardner post, uh, uh, podcast, sorry, just recently, uh, very briefly, obviously some Inverness fans unhappy about being kept in the dark about certain things. Uh, that, that seems pretty you know, prevalent amongst other clubs in the championship because Hamilton fans had no idea what was going on. You know, there have been weeks of uncertainty about um, Taylor being let go and, and no one seems to know what it was um, for because, you know, he, he didn't do that bad a job with the team that he inherited from Brian Rice because it was a shambles uh, when he came yeah. in. 
Um, but apparently there were some rumours that he refused to watch the Hamilton youth teams or upcoming opposition for information. So maybe that didn't sit well with the kind of the higher ops at the club. I don't know. They're just looking really, really poor, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, the optimistic prediction from uh, the Aki's fan was that maybe they just sneak into the motion playoffs because they weren't that far away at the end of the season just passed. But you know, um, with his kind of pessimistic hat on, he said they could well be battling relegation from from day one. But a lot of that's going to depend on what Rankin can do between now and the window closing, um, because he's got a big task on his hands. Yep. Okay, Morton. We all like the ton. We like Dougie Emery. We like the Norseman. We like Capolo. Is this the season where they shite house their way to the playoffs? Who's going to provide a more ton of info? I spoke to Dean McKinnon from the Just One Cornetto podcast, and he actually sounds cautiously optimistic, despite the fact that Martin have been sort of a perennially at the, the bottom end of the league recently. Um, he says that after the arrival of Sir Douglas of Emery, dragged the ton away from the relegation fight we were confined to under Gus McPherson, um, a positive momentum can be felt at Capital for the first time in too long. Um, he does say that he thinks that the quality and the checkbooks of the clubs entering the league this season has increased once again. Um, and he thinks that we're probably looking at another championship season where there'll be less than 30 points between the league winners and the side that's finished 10th. And as far as Martin fans are concerned, many will see a push for play- promotion playoffs as achievable under the new gaffer. But realistically, most of them would settle for finishing anywhere above eighth. Still got the irrepressible Muirhead. Uh, yeah, Robbie Muirhead is still there. Yeah, um, they have lost Gary Oliver, who, if you remember, I think it was Billy, yeah. Billy Dodds who singled him out last season as a, the sort of player we could all learn from when we were going through our, our 11 game thing, which I think it caused mirth among the Capital fans who didn't really sort of uh, rate him. But he is a hardworking player. Um, he's gone. Um, Ian Wilson, they're really unhappy to see go. Um, he's gone to he's gone to Queen of the South actually, which is where he's from. But they think the fact that he's stepping down is really frustrating. Um, the biggest loss, and I'm not sure if it's been confirmed yet, could actually be uh, Flapjack Jack Hamilton, who obviously was a kind of comedy figure, and then went to went to Morton and was absolutely tremendous. Was their best player last season, you know, a goalkeeper reborn. Um, so there was rumours of him actually going to um, St Johnson as the replacement for uh, Xander Clark. But um, I think at the moment it's kind of all up in the air, so I don't know if he'll be staying or going. So I, I, I suspect Morton might be sort of, um, it might be more of the same, sort of uh, top of the bottom half, you know. Um, but now, who knows, maybe Doug Emery will prove to be a huge miracle worker or other people will some amazing signings out of the hat, but I can't see it. Okay, well let's move on to possibly our main rivals, certainly will be top four, Partick Thistle. Um we spoke to Partick blogger and Lose Loser Draw podcast member Mark Wallace, who we've had on the pod in the past, top bloke, uh, and he said he was expecting a lot of the same as last season. Uh, he would like to think that a repeat is possible with adequate depth being added to the squad, which they have actually done, and they've done it in the right areas, according to him. And They've got centre-half Muirhead from Ayr, who's younger and mobile, mobile than, than Bell, I think might have retired. Uh, Harry Milne from Cove, he thinks is a bit of an unknown. Uh, but the stuff he's heard from Thistle fans who've been analysing him uh, points to him being an exciting addition. Well, McMillan and Lawless are the two signings he's most enthralled about um, because they're where they sorely needed uh, those types of players. And Anton Dowds obviously did well at our broth, and he's more the type of striker in the Rudden mould that um, they think that they need. Um, so their real strengths are likely to be an attack with Dowds and Graham expected to score plenty uh, with service from Tiffany 
are lawless. Um, he says that their weakness last season was an inability to work a low block. Now, that's, that's, that's modern football parlance, isn't it? A low block. What's a, lo- a low block? <laughs> I don't even have a joke for this. What's a low block? I don't know. Ice hockey, perhaps? Was he actually watching, you know, ice hockey all along and not? I've actually heard Ian McCall on the video slag off the term a low block. Oh, it, 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 it's a modern... It, 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 Phase of play and stuff, yeah, I know. It's a modern term for your your shape with it when right. your team doesn't have the ball. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Is that what you think? Yeah, it's not your line, it's not a line, like playing a high line, a low line, something to do with the block, the shape, the set places, the set pieces. Yeah. That. But yeah, yeah, you're right. When, I remember McCall saying on that program he, he hated modern management yeah, terms, yeah, and yeah. Uh, it was how many phases, it was not phases, it was actions. How many actions you get in the box and stuff, and it was just listen, just talk. Well, hopefully, hopefully, we bump into our friend Ian again as we bumped into him yeah, last, yeah. last season. Top man. Mm. Uh, anyway, um, their pitch being redone is going to be a big boost, um, and it will allow them to play the attacking style that they wanted to play, but they couldn't do so last season because it was so bad. So, all signs point to them being better and being better in the right areas. They will be anybody, our challengers. Anybody scared? Yep, I think I think they'll. They, they, outside of us, I see them challenging. I think obviously, let's forget about Dundee. Let's hope they're free fall. I think it's them who will be the biggest threat to us next there's season. There's a reason why their um, away form last season was so much better than their home form, and that was because Pitch. obviously away from home they weren't playing on well, basically mud. Um, so <laughs> yeah, with a with a better pitch, um, obviously there will be some. Well, I assume a bit of wear and tear at the start of the season, but yeah, it's it's not going to be as bad as it was last year. So I would be, yeah, Partick are probably one of the favourites for sure. Um, although I, I, think I, would, I would say they are the favourites. So yeah, I know they're not um, the biggest, but well, I, I, I was going to say, I wonder how they'll cope without the um, the goals of um, Juan Alegria. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, he's going to be a huge loss, you know. Partick Thistle fans will be gutted that he's a. Uh, Mark did Mark did say the less said about him, the better. Yeah, he's absolute garbage. I think player retention is a big thing for them. You know, they they've not lost many important players. You know, they no. well, and um, and the the players they've added actually. I mean, apparently Harry Milne was Cove's best player. He's <clears throat> a left back, I believe. Um, and Anton Dowds was really good for our mm-hmm. role for the first half. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I'm also. I mean, obviously, uh, T- Tiffany is obviously an easy one to pick out. But I'm quite yeah. surprised that he hasn't been maybe yeah. looked at by teams in the Premiership. When you, when you think he's, he's probably playing better than um, Alan Forrest was when he got picked up by Livingston. I, I, yeah. I don't know. It was maybe just because it's Forrest true. was out of contract when he moved. But you know, was Tiffany, Tiffany not? Was he not at Livingston before? So wasn't he? And Tiffany, I, I thought, yeah. I thought yeah. Tiffany would be sure to go like this in Mirren or Livingston, like, you know, the Forest route. So, yeah, I'm surprised yeah. he's still there. Mate, no, he, he, he came in a player spot deal, I think, from, from Livy. All right, anything else on Partick? No, can we just say a low block, Moff, is an out-of-possession strategy through which a team focuses on, focuses on protecting <laughs> the defensive third of the pitch. The priority is to remain compact in a deep oh, no. position, defending the space close to the goal. The bat line is positioned deep, aiming to limit the space in behind for the opposition to exploit. There you it's go. Just, it's just a low back line, clean, clean <laughs> compact, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Wraith, uh, a club in complete disarray. All their best players are leaving. It's brilliant to see, isn't it? <laughs> Is anybody uh, what? Ask, answer this question. Ha, Ian Murray seems like a good manager. He's done a good, pretty good, good job with Airdrie, and he's well respected mm-hmm. in the game. Um, with that good record, has he taken on a poison chalice here? 
I think that I think that you get the impression, Wraith, actually, that the the chairman is this complete out of touch kind of like doddering, or is it the owner or the chairman? I can't remember, but this guy is this kind of like a mad doddering guy that occasionally they kind of take out of a cupboard and he spouts some shit to the <laughs> frightful courier or whatever it is, and they kind of hastily shut him away again, you know. Um, and there's an awful lot of people there that are rightly and deeply embarrassed by um by the stuff that happened last season and i think to be fair to them like, i know you're, you're kind of laugh but i think actually that one of the most laudable and depressive things last season was the way that so many of their supporters immediately went absolutely no way about the signing of goodwillie and and you know and actually were prepared to kind of walk away which is an incredibly hard thing to do it would have been heartbreaking for them and, and it worked you know they got rid of him so so fair play at them so i don't want to kind of i don't want to slag off the supports for that because i think you know they, they did a really really good thing but it sounds um, like they, they won't be happy until the people that made those decisions are gone well i think a lot of that is happening um anyway but i think you know you, you can't kind of get rid of an owner just like that obviously oh, they, changed, they changed the chairman i think Stephen mcdonald yeah. came in that was the the guy who chose in April, but I think Goodwillie's still in the book, so I mean, they can't not yeah, get rid of him. He's, and I think that's going to hang over them until maybe that comes to a conclusion as well. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So you're you're, you're wondering about uh, whether we've got any info on them, and actually, yeah, Sean McGuigan, who uh, a lot of you will know from the terrace and from a view from the terrace on TV as well, uh, was good enough to give us a pretty detailed breakdown of their close season and the current state of their squad. Um, so he says that. That initially there was some tentative excitement about Ian Murray coming in because obviously he'd you know he'd done a decent job with Airdrie particularly in his last couple of seasons and partly it felt like a bit of a clean sweep um, and although there was some disagreement a lot of the supporters really felt like um, bringing a new management team in after the Goodwillie Fraga was probably for the best and apparently that's backed up by the season ticket sales you know fans seem to be buying into this idea of a new club or a new sort of a management team a new sort of approach and season ticket sales were good. Um, Dylan Easton obviously has come in, um, was apparently the outstanding player in the third tier last season for Airdrie under Ian Murray. So it's a bit of a no-brainer for him to bring him in. Um, and he's someone who Sean's really excited by as a Scott Brown, who I think is it Peterhead Scott Brown came in from. Sorry, yeah. 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 So again, he, he really likes him as, as the idea of a signing. Um, but the issue is that those signings were completed early a few weeks ago, and since then they've done very little. Um, they've got a good midfield with lots of decent players at this level, but very little actually in the wide areas. They've also allowed three central defenders to leave and they haven't signed any, which means that last season's left back Liam Dick now appears to be the first choice central defender and Ross Millen is going to be the right back, about which Sean says, no, thank you. Um, and if uh, Liam Dick is the centre half, then they're not going to have any left backs um, or strikers, which obviously isn't ideal. Sean says that I know Murray will make signings, but it feels like they have to make another four or five signings. They don't know if they've got the budget for that. They need to be decent signings, otherwise they might struggle. And obviously time is running short. But then I think actually in that respect, just about every club is kind of in the same boat. And he was saying that his feeling is if they made four good signings to be a top four club, if they make four poor signings, then there's a very good chance they're going to go down. So obviously I think maybe unlike us, or like unlike Partick at the moment, I think we feel that we've got the sort of squad that will definitely stay up. And Sean's saying that Wraith, actually, their squad as it stands at the moment, isn't strong enough necessarily to stay up, so they really need players yeah. in. One of the things I noticed actually about Ian Murray is that apparently Airdrie fans all said that he would sort of, he's a steady sort of guy, he'll build steadily, he'll kind of take his time to put his imprint on the team, he'll turn them into a solid sort of team, which um, 
all sounds fine um, and maybe what Wraith need because they came up, they did well, they started doing well last season and then they sort of like plummeted then with all that sort of shit going on and they maybe need someone to bring stability but getting rid of the entire central defence is possibly a, a bolder move than you'd expect for someone who's meant to be a cautious manager. And did, uh, did Sean say anything nice about us? Um, well, no, I didn't. I mean, it, it was kind of quite a last minute thing so... Um, he probably didn't have time to. Actually, he said, "Oh, do you mean us, uh, <laughs> the, the club?" Right? No, no, not the, no. not the not the club. No one's interested in the club. He <laughs> teed up for that. He teed up to read that message back. Yeah, ask, ask me that again. <laughs> so did uh, Sean happen to say anything nice about us? Yeah, he said that um, he listens quite regularly to the Wine of Shuffle. Oh, uh, does he? Oh. He, would, he would quite. Um, he would be honoured to be invited on in the future, potentially. He should, he should be, because I've given him stuff for the terrace when he's contacted <laughs> me on Pine Bovril, so... <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, you know, if they're doing the, the guest, uh, guests on the telly next season, you know, he's got a choice, choice of four here. <laughs> could you could you hurry yourself a little more, off? maybe? <laughs> <laughs> choice I of would, one, I would need, four. I would need a lot of makeup. A lot. Yeah, I was going to say, my, my face is not one for TV. It's barely one for a podcast. But yeah, I don't, I don't think. Can we get Ross back for that one? <laughs> oh, God, no. With his, with his, his sort of a tweedy elegance, I think it would be great. <laughs> no, no, nobody wants to see that. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on. Last team, nearly done. Queen's Park. I used to oh. like Queen's. I used to like Queen's ah, Park. You know, like, when they're amateur, amateur side playing at Hamden. You know, when you started going to the away games, when I was. 13, 14, when we were in the third division. It was a great experience. Loved it. Old stand, wooden seats. I once met Danny McGrain there, actually. It was great. It was sign a programme. Anyway, another Daddy Warbucks club uh, owned by Lord, Lord Willie Hoggy. Hoggy? Uh, Hoggy? Hoggy. Uh, Hoggy. I can't say that. Um, who has a family fortune of £265 million. Uh, All that money to pay for Jason Naismith's and uh, Don Thomas's. Uh, Wages. Those are two really good players that you would expect to see at a club that was looking to win the league, wouldn't you? Rather than Queens Park. Yeah, I mean that, that two hundred sixty-five million pounds is probably enough to keep Ross County going for a season. Um, I don't know yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean certainly. I mean, like in terms of like you know signings, he's not made too many so far. Um, obviously, Owen Coyle's only just recently kind of got in the door. It's a bit bizarre because Owen, Owen Coyle essentially signed some kind of like pre-contract agreement to take over at Queen's Park um, in the summer uh, all the way back, I think it was like March, April time, which is a bit of an odd one, just so he could finish up his um, previous job. Um, but yeah, uh, so far, as you see, yeah, they brought in um, Don Thomas, obviously a player that's quite well known in the championship. Obviously, he was part of a pretty dreadful uh, Dunfermline team last year. Uh, on his day, you know, he could well be a, a pretty superb player, but I don't know, he's, he's, he doesn't seem to have been performing that well. But, you know, maybe, maybe put that down to just the state of Infernal we're in. Um, Jason Naismith, again, another kind of like big name, but didn't really do much uh, with Kelly. Um, although, you know, again, maybe uh, maybe Queen's probably a better fit for him. Uh, Coyle apparently has said that, you know, he is looking to get probably another four or so um, first-team players in, so the recruitment is, is definitely not done. Um I hear what you guys are saying about like their um, recruitment. Uh, sorry, about their their finances and stuff. Um, and whilst the guy um, Hoy is like one of Scotland's richest men, I think uh, one of the Queen's Park fans that I spoke to, you know, was quite quite keen to point out that they're well. Whilst it's an easy comparison to make to say, oh, they're just another Gretna. You know, I suppose we need to remember Gretna were buying players from like Aberdeen's first team squad when they were in 
you know the old third division um you know the, these these guys you know queen's park aren't doing that you know they're obviously still you know getting some big name players in for for a club of their size but um yeah um it'll be interesting how they go um i mean obviously how, how will they do i'm not too sure um but obviously with them and cove and a couple of money bag teams in the league it certainly shake things up a little bit um and, and maybe maybe you could find them you know being a surprise challenger for the title Willie Hawkey's got some good track record with football, obviously, good and bad. He was part of the Livingston Consortium with Dominic Keane. They bought them over and, yeah, had success, but also ran them into the ground as well by spending too much money. So the flip side is they'll spend money, but hopefully he's learned uh, to manage it a little bit better. He's uh, got a big massive house in East Kilbride up the road, and it's the White House, and £5 million buys you a view over Celtic Park and the local tip. So um, is he, is he, He's still involved with Celtic? Yeah, he's still a director, a non, a non, a non, a non board member director, um, yeah. and he still, he still, yeah, he owns a company called City Refrigeration in Glasgow, so they own all well, the refrigerators and all the supermarkets. But yeah, he's got a lot of money, but he's got good and bad past history with football teams. So be interesting to see where he go on. But I think having uh, what's obviously Leanne Dempster. Dempster, I think she's got a good track record. Obviously, she's well thought of and done well at Motherwell and I, Hibs, I just, so. I just think anything where it's not where the club doesn't grow organically. I'm completely against it, and I don't care how you want to try and how you try, no, try and, how you want to try and PR it, how you try what how you want to budget. I'm completely against it. If you can't live within your means, then it it doesn't even seem real to me. As the, a, the as a football fan, a football club that, as at least for the majority of our 28, 29 years existence, has tried so hard to live within our means. Where'd you want to drink? Well, 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 the Glen Alvin, the Thistolin, the Jolly Trooper, the Castle Tavern, Cupcus Jocksters, Dimes of Gallons, the City Bar, number 27, Phoenix Slaughters, Love to Love, Cake Exchange, and Mambo's Hush, Peepees, Teepees, Gunnies, Rileys, Burgies, Keelmore, Hoop, and Annies. Season is about to start, let's do all again. Saturday the 9th of July, Kelty away on this day in 1946, original ACDC lead singer Bon Scott was born. Time to shoot these upstarts down in flames. Uh, new manager John Potter in, no new signings to speak of, but hello again to Nathan Austin, who obviously, definitely won't score against us. Uh, we talked about this already. Um, this is just a—I know it's not a home game, but in terms of away games, this is a brilliant way to kick off the season, isn't it? I'm delighted, yeah. But we're we're going next week, and uh, yeah, I take I take Google how to get there. I mean, uh, I thought Kelty had a train station, but we'll we're going through Cambeath and uh, a while. Remember the New Goth uh, sub as well, a great little boozer, and um, Cambeath, which we'll frequent. But not called that uh, anymore. No, well, it's still, to me it's new golf, but it's, it's, it's still there. It's still there, but no, I think it's just it's, it's a great first first game. Um, it's a new ground. I mean, for people like me that are trying to tick off every ground in Scotland, I'm choking to get there, but it's a competitive game. I think it'll be tough. Um, interesting to see how John Potter got on at Kelty. I mean, Kevin Thompson's done a great job, and uh, yeah, similar to Cove, that's maybe when he... See how they got on with the, all the money bags. I think they might level out as well again this season. But I think, uh, yeah, in terms of way day, I couldn't, we couldn't ask for a better way day next week, and it'll be, it'll be nice. My brother was on a um, stag day with John Potter once. Apparently, he's an absolute headbanger. 
Mate. So I've got a few stories when he played at St Mirren with Stephen Thompson. Uh, Stephen Thompson and he's uh, yeah, uh, David Van Zanten and underwear and John Potter getting mixed up. So they, be, they both uh, wore each other's underwear, but not not on purpose. So um, needless to say, John Potter wasn't a wasn't a clean wiper that day, and uh, <laughs> Mister Mister Van Zanten wasn't too happy when he got home to his missus to see skid marks up his back door. But that's uh, that's, a, that's a story for the pub. Well, John, John Potter's underwear is it's a possible pod title. <laughs> uh, given Dodsey has essentially said, without saying it, this is a friendly, are the masses, when I say masses, I mean mainly the online masses, are they going to accept it if we lose this match? I don't think they've got much choice, really. Um, I'm going to be watching this from a, you know, from afar, like uh, at the wedding I'm at. Um, I'm, I'm quite nervous about it, you know, um, although I'm not, Treat these two games too seriously. Just because if you look at the number of players that have got experience at this level and who were good players at this level as well, Tam O'Ware was an excellent defender for Martin for long enough and for Patrick Thistle, Michael Tidser, Joe Cardle, Callum Hickenbottom. Um, Austin actually was one player who didn't really make it at this level, but you, as you say, you can just see him coming back and starting to, you know, and, and, and kind of like punishing us. Lewis Martin in from Dunfermline is, you know, is a good signing. I think they look really, really strong. And although they might not have the legs for the whole season, first game of the season, they'll be right up for it. So I, I think it's really, really hard. I don't think we're necessarily favourites here at all. You just know that Joe Cardle is going to do his absolute classic cut in from the right-hand side and then just shoot across goal and curl one into the top corner like he seemed to do every single time we played yeah. against Dunfermline. So, you know, for the love of God, whoever's playing right back, if it's Max Ram or David Carson, don't let Joe Cardle cut inside, please. You, you, uh, you, you said, you know, watching this from afar, you won't be though because we haven't spoken about this yet on the pod, but streaming's finished yeah I, I don't think there will be any streaming unfortunately this year because there's there's that blackout back and forth isn't there where you, you're not allowed to um broadcast uh domestic matches um on saturday at three o'clock obviously there are kind of rare exceptions for things like maybe cup finals or something but uh, yeah i'd be very surprised um if, if there are uh many if any streaming options uh this season yeah. well, the, well the club do record the matches for highlights anyway what about obviously we didn't Suggested to Gardner, but you know what about fans paying a, a nominal fee to be able to watch a match back later on? They could be sent a link to somewhere where it could be hosted. Um, you could pay five pound for that. Yeah, it, small way to make some money for the football club. So you know, you know what the score is, but you're just you you're keen to watch the game. So, it's yeah. it's Saturday night BBC Hour games that they've done. Remember, yeah, 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 yeah the delayed broadcast. Exactly, yeah. delayed broadcast. Yeah, that's a good idea, Moff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I would certainly pay for that if I, if I wasn't. Yeah, I would. Game. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I guess the only thing is the club would need to weigh up the money they would take in yeah. versus the cost of actually providing that service. Um, yeah, well, as I say, they film it anyway, and um, you just wouldn't yeah, have true. A, you wouldn't have any commentary. It's just being able to uh, to upload that and to essentially broadcast it, and that's not a lot of money. Okay, uh, Tuesday, 12th of July, Livingston away. On this day in 1965, the Beach Boys releases California Girls, a Tuesday night in Livingston. Why not? If ever there was a song that didn't say a Tuesday night in Livingston, it was California Girls. <laughs> um, uh, Livingston, they've signed someone called Philip Kankar from Western Sydney Wonders. 
Um, they've signed someone, well, they've signed Esmail Goncalves, ex of Hearts, uh, and they've signed Scott Bitsindu from Liers. I think that's in Belgium. Um, is this a good early opportunity to play against Premier level opposition and sort of see where we are as a squad and see maybe where some of the new boys are in terms of their, 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 their levels? See how Kelty goes, I think, isn't it? I think, I mean, obviously, Kelty's a league below us, but yeah, as, as well she said earlier on, I think if you, you win against Kelty, I mean, yeah, you'd be buzzing to get into Livingston. If you win those two games, you're literally, you look like you're going to get through the league uh, stages. But yeah, Livingston's old, old nemesis from back in the day. We don't call them out anymore. But yeah, always a place to look forward to going to. So yeah. bring it on. I think they've they've got good continuity again from last season, so I think they're going to be pretty tough. Most of the players they've lost, Alan Forrest is a big loss, obviously, he's gone mm-hmm. hard. But if you look at their squad, the spine is very good. Iobalai, uh, who was good for Queen in the South and was good for them last season at the back. Um, Jason Holt in the middle is really good. Bruce Anderson, who was excellent last season, and Joel Newbley, who was obviously really good for our both last season, is in there. Uh, so I think they're going to be really kind of um, strong, I think, and, and difficult to beat. And obviously, we've got the love of self's life, uh, Andrew Shinney. Still yeah. has- oh, oh, <laughs> I was just, I was just uh, going to say, like, I, re- I really hope he does that kind of classic, um, like you know, Italian thing that's just you know everywhere now in the uh, modern game of uh, not celebrating when scoring against their. Uh, player scoring do you against mean, the former Do you mean like, uh, like Sean Rooney? <laughs> yes, well, yeah. <laughs> right, let's, go, let, let's rewind to that for a second that you brought up. Yeah. I, you know, I used to like the guy. Yeah, he apologised after it and uh, yeah, he dodged a couple of flares to come and say hello to me after the game. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah one of the flares really clocked him in the shoulder actually. But um, listen, Sean Rooney's a, diff- a different cat. You know, he's, uh, he's a one of a kind and uh, Shinny's got a wee bit more class. But Sean's still a legend and uh, the game was done by, by the time he scored. I'm not, this will be my first game, so I'm looking forward to Moff like uh, renewing his acquaintance with James Penrice as well. He's <laughs> <laughs> a good player. He's a good player. All right. Um, Tuesday, 19th of July, Albion Rovers at home. On this day in 2019, the actor Rutger Howard died. He's possibly most famously remembered for his role as the villain in Blade Runner, in which he says, I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. But he'd never been to Cliftonville, and neither <laughs> will we. It's a shame. Um, it is a shame. I used to go there. I used to love going there back in the early days yeah. of Cali Thistle. But this is the first home game of the season, uh, and it's not the inspirational opener we were looking for. It's, it's this sort of a little bit of another false, false dawn, false, false start before the league actually starts. It's, it's not one to whet the appetite, really, is it? No, I just hope the boys in Section 94 are in full pelt that night because it's going to be a, a toughie for atmosphere. So, um, yeah, it's winnable and it's a home game, but... I'd still like a little trip to Chernobyl, sorry, Coat Bridge for uh, <laughs> um, Clifton Hill. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think this one's just get through the game and uh, an easy home win. But yeah, I don't think it's going to be a, a big crowd. And uh, let's hope the boys in Section 94 can maybe spur the home, home boys on. Well, you said it's winnable. See, see if we if we don't win this objectively, yeah. obviously it doesn't matter. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. I don't win it objectively. It is one of the worst results in our history. Ah, oh, the howling! I know, I know. I'm yeah, just... I, I mean, they're like I was, I was looking at this, right? They finished eighth in Scotland's fourth year last season, and that's kind of an average of where they've been about the last ten years. They're going to eighth, ninth, seventh, mm-hmm. all this sort of stuff. Um, the best known player is Michael Payton. And yeah, I, Aberdeen. I don't remember, remember when he was at Dunfermline was it five years ago, and I remember everyone like kind of going. Oh my God, he's 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 miles off it. Is that not? Did he not? Did he sign for them from Brechin? Yeah, yeah he was yeah. managing Brechin last season. And now he's yeah, back. Manager. 
Yeah, Levine, uh, Levine sort of sacked him, didn't he? And then he went back to Alban Rovers. So. I he also got Scott Roberts. He's kind of bounced around the lower leagues. Uh, Ian Linus is a player. Yeah, Blair, Blair Malcolm, who uh, played once for County. Um, I mean, they might. I might, I might be being unfair to them. Like, you know, they might have a lot of good young players coming through. But I think even though Sterling, Albion only finished one place above them last season. At least Sterling did have some genuine experienced players who you know had played at our level before. And you know that that result, although it was pretty pathetic wasn't nearly as much of a shock as it would be if we didn't manage to beat them. Because, I mean, they really are a, an inexperienced team, you know, that haven't really got little kind of, like, experience of playing at our level, you know. So, anyway, not to put any pressure on the players to, to fuck up. <laughs> okay, uh, let's move on. The last the last League Cup group game, Saturday, 23rd of July. It's Cove at home on this day in 2010. The boy band One Direction were formed. And talking about awful people, hello again to Panto Villain. Ian Vigers, who will lead his side out for the this, uh, first Saturday home game of our season. Could we expect Dodsey to put out his first 11 here, giving them a full week of downtime and training before the opening of the week after, and then obviously make subs during the game to give them you know, some ideas on what might work, what might not work? You think so? You'd hope so. I think but then will know his team. He might have a couple more boys in. I mean, if you look at last year, the, obviously, the, the Cove game you boys were at, which was a shambles. Look at the change to the, the game at Tynecastle. I mean, we lost 1-0, but the shape was really good. It was tight. So hopefully by then this season, he's going to have his I think first it was a, I think it was a low block that game, Steve. Yeah, yeah. We'll just yeah, we'll go back to my previous um, description of that, which I can't remember. But yeah, it was, it was a low block. Yeah, it was moving as one as well. One momentum. But <laughs> um, I, I think by then, it probably starting 11 will be the 11 that he puts out against Queen's Park. Yeah, I expect them to be weaker than they were this time last season and expect us to be stronger. So we should be we should be winning this. I know that that's a pretty bold claim, but um, they've signed absolutely no one. Um, Vigers is obviously getting on a bit. Reynolds is definitely getting on a bit. Logan's getting on a bit. Rory McAllister's getting on a bit. Fraser Five is injury prone. Um, they've lost um, Harry Bullen, who was their best player last season. Is Draper still there? Why isn't he still signed? Because he yeah, I but I mean Draper what ended up at Logan last season, didn't he? You know, I mean, he's signed like a three-year deal, so he's still on the contract. Yeah. So. Um, no, he, he'll probably be perming someone, you know, in a salon, you know, where the game's going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when he started doing this podcast, my brother was playing against Cove. Yeah. No. They've come too far too quickly. Yeah. This is the season to, to, to start to dip, or start to plunge again. I, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll, be, they'll, be, they'll stay up, I think, but they'll be down the bottom. Let's yeah. move on to the real business. Saturday, 30th of July, uh, Queen's Park at home, the league begins, the real start to the season. On this day in 1970, iconic filmmaker Christopher Nolan was born. And hopefully the Spiders won't be leaving Inverness with any mementos, that is to say, points. Um, it's probably hard to think of a trickier opening home the season, yeah. to be honest. Um, I mean, it's, it's one of those ones you look at and think, yeah, we should probably win it. But then you also kind of think, well, actually, no, that this is uh, a real kind of like, you know, trap game, to be honest. Um, I'd probably feel more comfortable going up against Partick Thistle at home in the first game of the season. It, it's a banana skin and it's, and it's you know, I, I'm nervous about it. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have, they're, they're, they've got everything to, to gain and nothing to yeah, lose. Queen's Park are not, aren't necessarily that strong a squad. You know, they, mm-hmm. they've brought in three decent players, but although they, they, they finished very strongly, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to come up and those players that, you know, kind of managed to squeeze into the playoffs in fourth place are 
going to come up and yeah. and, and automatically kind of like you know beat the the, the, the kind of players in front. Of them. Yeah, they, they, they only they only had eleven wins in the league last season. I think they, they won something like eleven, drew eighteen, and, and lost really? seven. Saturday the sixth of August, our broth away. This is the last one. On this day in 1991, the inventor of the internet, Tim Berners-Lee, releases files describing his idea for the World Wide Web. That's just someone in our bluff trying to get on. Uh, huge game, a win is a big statement, but is the key not to lose this? I think it's the time of the year we're playing as well, to be honest. I'm glad we're going there again in August. Um, look at last season, we were the only team to beat them in the league, and I think that was... Partially down to when we played them as well. I've got them early, so I don't think they'll be the force they were uh, last season, but I'm glad I'm not going there in November. So, yeah, looking forward to the out and uh, seeing some disco carpets yeah. again. I just get the impression, that, as Sub said earlier, they're going to sort of dip, you know, and, and kind of. Um, I think this is a very, very good opportunity for us to go there, secure, a, say, a 2 0 away win and really kind of put our stamp let, on. Let's, you know? let's finish off talking about these games, talking about something we actually haven't talked about yet, then. You're saying we need to go to our both, we need to win 2 0. Okay, we're. Where are the goals coming from? Where's the creativity, creativity coming from? How do we score those goals? Because the guys that have scored most of the goals, they've gone now. Mm. We've still got the central midfielders. We've still got a relatively settled defence. And we've got two guys that can, that can score goals. How does that marry itself together with the signings that have come in now, the signings that will come in? How do we score goals? Who's going to be the, the chance creators? Where, where, where's the one-twos going to come from? Who's playing in the pocket? Who's playing off the shoulder of the last man? Who's playing in... I'd love to see McGregor's a 10 if Roddy's back get me as a 10 but I think we're going to have a lot more crosses coming in but the way, the way Dodgy's talking being a bit more direct down the flanks taking men on hopefully not cutting inside and giving the easy simple 10 yard pass We had a but lot then, of crosses coming in at the start of the season from Tom Walsh last season to no uh, effect But there was no one there so if, if this target man does come to fruition and plays a well off of Billy then there, there's your focal point there but we need to be we, we can't be a one one trick pony we've got to obviously play it through the middle as well and play it short so so, so what do you think? You, 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 I know you've been very critical in the past of, you know, just getting crosses in the box for crosses' sake. I'm just trying to think, like, who, who have we got in the wide areas? Because, I mean, obviously we've got um, uh, uh, Boyd and uh, sure. Shaw, who could potentially play there. But beyond that, I feel like Doran's kind of not really an influential figure, either left or right anymore. I think his best position, as you said, numerous numerous times, sorry, is probably uh, through the middle of the pitch. So if, if, if Boyd and Shaw aren't delivering without Shane and Walsh for a good wee while, I still think we need another, you know, creative player. Maybe the creativity comes from the middle. Maybe it is going to come from, like, uh, you know, Doran or uh, McGregor, you know, we slide rule balls through to, to Billy. But that, that's just one way of attacking. I, I do think we need to try and uh, find some kind of um, stronger presence in the middle to It was announced today, Lee Johnson said he's going to put Danny Mackay and Dylan Easton on loan. He said that today. Now, are, would we be in for Danny Mackay? I don't think we will be, but no. I, would, I, I, I wouldn't say no if, if a deal could be done and it was um, financially sensible. I think, um, I think we should be at least looking at it. I mean, obviously, I know it's a bit of an easy thing just to link to him because he's a former player, but, you know... We had him last season, but then that was kiboshed by mm. Kovarnik because he offered him some more money. He was going to come in last season. I guess it's the same, it's the same, sort of way as, the same sort of way you look at Logan Chalmers maybe in August. Is Fair enough, you, you want to bring him in, but you brought two boys in, signed boys, right? So you've got to see how they adapt first. I know, but you, like Sir says, you can't just go with two white men for the whole season. You need at least three. I, I, I personally wonder if like a deal, a loan deal for 
Mackay or even Chalmers if it could somehow be done until January. That that covers you for yeah. um, Walsh and Sutherland while, yeah. while they're out. Yeah. yeah. Aye, six, that, six months is an option. That would be a good shout. But it's very, very easy for us to sit here and say that like we're playing a game of championship manager or football manager. It's not like that in real life. So, um, But yeah, uh, it, it could be an option worth exploring. Well, before we move on to uh, the, the end of the pod, uh, let's go what we, what we, through what we think would be our, our first choice 11 then. We'd, we've got Mark Rogers in goal. Mm-hmm. We've got Danny Devine at centre half. What's the rest of the defence? Right. Well, we pick him. I'll just go. Okay, I'll, I'll give you. I'll go D's as centre half at the moment. That's my shout for the other one. Left back, Cammy Harper to start with, and right back, David Carson. That's my my four. Um, I think back four of uh, D's, Divine, Duffy, and Carson. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think that's probably what's going to happen. What you think? D's opens continue at left back, and Duffy plays with Divine. I I I I think so. Um, I think a piece D's will be moving to centre half going long term. I mean, obviously, this that this will all be predicated on Robbie D staying. Aye. you know, let, let let's be honest, it's going to be challenging because I thought he was superb last season, um, and I think other clubs have definitely taken note of that. Um, so, you know, that's that, that's it. whether the guy even stays. But you know, optimistically, if he does stay, I think in the absence of, I mean, I, it looks like Dodds doesn't seem to trust Harper at left back. I think going forward, he's not too bad, but defensively, I think he's still a little suspect. However, maybe he's not going to get better defensively if he doesn't get a chance to play there. So, um, But I think right now, I think you need to say the strongest back forward would be straight away D's left back, Divine in the centre with another and Carson at right back. Yeah, I agree with that. I think going on in the season, though, I think maybe even in January, I think Robbie D's, I don't think he'll see the season out with us I think he's probably played too many good games for mm. teams not to put in bids for him so yep. I think we'll probably end up with um, Duffy and Devine and probably Carson at right back because it just it, it just it looks that way Dodge didn't seem to intonate he's going to bring in a right back and I think we're going to see it left back I'm going to say we're going to see Nicholson come through I think we'll say that we'll say, we'll say left back I think I think we'll see Nicholson come through. Let's move on to midfield. The centre midfield is pretty much the same as last season. It's a semblance of, um, well, it's Allardyce, uh, Welsh. Welsh and uh, McGregor and obviously David Carson can play in there. Hyde has shown he's more than capable of this level. That's probably enough numbers in there and also Doran can play in the hole as well. So probably just a mix of those depending on, 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 on game by game. And then what else, what else are you looking at in terms of the forward and Left and the right, guys. Boyd, Boyd and the right. Boyd, well, yeah, Boyd will start. Boyd and Shaw have to start, basically. Aye, and until so sick- Walsh and Shane come back, yeah. Are we, I know, are I know we but what I'm saying is we've signed, we've signed these guys who are untested at this level I know. as starters. So you can't just sit and go, right, we're just going to play these two. Because you don't have any other options out wide. You have to start. Where does that leave Aaron Doran? Aaron Doran, I think, will play 10 most of the time when he plays. Doran's central now. He's, 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 not, he's not. I mean, he can play in the wide if we have to, but yeah. But does that mean then that you push... Um, Roddy out as a again a kind of a a narrower wide in, in a kind of a three you know it's it could, it could could be man could be yeah. you could go four 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 one one I mean that that could be either a ten and a striker or striker and Billy well, if, you ha- if, you, if, you've got, if you've got Harper or Nicholson attacking from left back and you, then you can have McGregor come in and you can play two up front that, that, ah, you, could, you could do that you could, yeah you could that was roughly the shape that ha- that we were seeing towards the end of last season when yeah yeah not obsessing about shapes but we had Shane playing on the right but quite a lot of the time you would tuck in and Carson would overlap 
whereas Chalmers would play a wider left, you know, and Dees would sit more. He, w- he wouldn't attack as much. So you could see that. So I don't know who is the better um, kind of like narrow attacking player out of the, the ones that we've signed and who is better at kind of actually hugging the touchline a bit more. But And again, again, we don't have to talk about Samuels. Like, back to your point here, why Samuels yeah. is, is... Is he benched in? I mean... Or you play, or, show, or, play, or, show, or you play ahead of Shaw in role or whatever you know. Aye, I think that's maybe the left. You could say play Samuels ahead of Shaw. I think Boyd will start on the right. I think he's probably sure to start the league's campaign on the right. So that's the probably left. The that's the one you could maybe put up for grabs. All right. Well, who knows? We'll find out in the coming weeks. Turn of competition time. Stevie, what have we got? What are we gonna what are we gonna choose for the fans? What could they win? Right. So yeah, one lucky fan can win a pink Robbie D's signed shirt. Um it's from from season before last when he was twenty-four, but um yeah, it was the never to be seen again pink shirt signed front and back by arguably our best player and uh, yeah, future Scotland internationalist Robbie D. So and and how can how can people win that stuff? Uh, by fighting me for a start, um, <laughs> which which would not be too difficult to be fair actually. Uh, no, if they want to win the shirt, um, when we put the uh, tweet out uh, promoting the pod, uh, make sure you follow the Wine Shuffle on Twitter, uh, retweet the tweet promoting the pod. And also like the tweet promoting the pod as well. Cheers. Perfect, perfect. That was competition time. Uh, we're just going to finish off now. But before we finish off, uh, predictions. You know, we do this every season. Uh, <laughs> every season, I think I've said we're going to win the league. Have I? I don't know. Have I? I think uh, you have, mate. Yeah, I think you I've have. I've not gone back, but you definitely did last season. You did know. I? Okay, right. Yeah. Well, Okay, I'll, I'll 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 decide what order this goes in because I can I generally know what level of enthusiasm you all have. Uh, I'll start off with uh, Mr. Young. What's going to happen this season? Champions Park Thistle, runners up, Inverness, and then Dundee, Queens Park, Wraith, Morton, Air, Arbroath, Cove, and Hamilton going down. Perfect, Mr. Sutherland. Uh, I don't really care about the rest of the league to be perfectly honest, but I think yeah, we'll yeah. Finish, but I, I, I think we'll finish second, and I think that helps us a lot in terms of um, going up and getting promoted via the playoffs. Mr. Rayleigh. So we're going to win a league. I think we're going to win it outright. Partick will be second. And uh, yeah, I think uh, Morton will go down. There you go. That's my top and bottom. Yeah, I think I'm not really giving this much thought. I spent most of the time preparing for this podcast. But I, off the top of my head, I think having chat with all you guys tonight, I think Hamilton will finish stone last. And I think, um, yeah, much of a muchness for, for a second, but I'm not really too sure. And I think at the moment, at the time of recording, I think Park Thistle will win the league. They have the strongest squad. The manager knows the division. They've signed well. They've improved. They haven't lost anybody. Those are the key factors you need to win leagues, I think. And we still need to improve in areas and in depth. And we've got a few unknown factors with our new signings. Just split, back more fact, just split it back. I'm the only one out of the four that's saying we'll win the league, yeah? Just just for next season's pod. Yep. 
Thank you. Uh, well, Thank I, you. I, I normally say we'll win the league every year, but yeah. Yeah. I, I just think we've got a very good squad and I just think Park Thistle have recruited better at the moment. But maybe in the next few weeks we'll recruit more and then things will change. Okay. Really, just before you um, uh, get smug about productive <laughs> <laughs> skills, I'll just quote you from last year. Our both might stay up, but they won't be anywhere near the player. <laughs> Is this Riley? Yeah. You also told Manny Duku in his interview that um, <laughs> he could play for Scotland if he did well for us. <laughs> I told him we get 25 goals before Christmas, so yeah. Oh, I like, also, I, I, like, like, like some, I think I said Ed O'Frellman would be challenging up the top as well. So, um, right, you're not allowed yeah. to interview any of the new players, are you? Yeah, but hey, remember, I'm the one of this pod that said we'll win the league this year, so let's play this back next year. Okay, well, that's all from us for this bumper preview pod. Hope you've enjoyed it. We hope it's been educational and entertaining and that you've learned something. I've learned that um, Sean Welsh watches Love Island. Oh, yeah. I'm biggest fan, isn't he? Uh, and that John Potter wears other people's pants. Uh, <laughs> and if it doesn't work out for Max Ram, then he's definitely got another kid even waiting. Um, we'll be back after the first couple of league games to go over all the early season action. Uh, until then, it's bye from them. Bye-bye. Yeah. It's bye from me, and we are all off to shout horrible things at Ian Vigers. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other, and bye for now. Yep, yep.